Father, we thank you and we bless and praise your holy name. Oh, Yaman Sanangola Namashiki Tilidiano. Oh, Yaman Seshetelianangoyo. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Come on, lift up your voice in this place and give God thanks and praise. For he is worthy of your worship. He is worthy of your honor and praise. Blessed be your holy name, O Lord. Oh, Thank you, O Lord. Thank you, O Lord. Thank you, O Lord. Oh, Yaman Sindelidian Sunkoyama. Yes, she sent Delidian Dongoya. Oh, your Sindelidian Kiato Koya. We bless and praise your holy name, O Lord. Oh, Yamama Sandanga Shetelidian Dongoya. Yes, she pivilidian Dongoya. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And if you believe you receive everything you pray, begin to give a shout unto the Lord and give him thanks and praise. Glory and honor and glory and honor be unto your holy name. Glory and honor be unto your holy name, oh God. Yay! Blessed be your holy name. Thank you, oh Lord Jesus. Hallelujah to your holy name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed be your holy name, O Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we give you thanks and praise. We give you glory and honor. You said, O Lord God, for us to do at least an hour of prayer. So we thank you for the hour of prayer in the name of Jesus. I thank you for every person that has joined us this morning, in person and online, O Lord God, to engage engage the kingdom of heaven to destroy the kingdom of darkness thank you O lord god that every prayer has been answered thank you that burdens have been removed yokes have been destroyed thank you that detours have been made straight blessings have been poured out and answers have been given O lord god thank you for the atmosphere of the holy spirit in this place on this morning i thank you father that you will fill us with the knowledge of your will concerning what you want us to hear and what you want us to understand. And for this, we give you thanks, praise, and glory for it now. In Jesus' mighty name, go ahead and give one more shout unto the Lord. If you believe you have the victory, we bless and honor your holy name. Glory to God. Hallelujah, Lord God, we thank you. For we have the victory, O oh Lord. Thank you, O oh Lord Jesus. Blessed be your holy name. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, O oh Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Good morning, Lionheart Church. Good morning. Good morning. Go ahead and give someone a high five or a hug. Tell them you're glad to see him this morning. Hey, Dion.
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I love our prayer, man. Woo. Thank you, O oh Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Just so you all know, I guess it's, I guess it's a little bit lighter this weekend because it's realized people start preparing for the Super Bowl a day before. On, on the news yesterday, they were talking about Monday now being a holiday after the Super Bowl. I was like, well, I'll take a day off, you know what I'm saying? If don't celebrate a man throwing a pigskin on us, give me a day off for any reason. I'll take it, you know. But, uh, but yeah, just so you all know, for you all that have smaller children, if you ever want to come to the Hour of Prayer, our children's church now opens up at 8 a.m. And we also bring in a little bit of a Chick-fil-A and fruit and food so that they can, uh, you know. So, you know, sometimes when you have kids, you're like, you're trying to, man, if we free them breakfast, we're going to be late. But, you know, you can just bring them here. And that, that food is for children's church. Everybody say children's church. No. The Lord did not provide for you this morning. Okay. And so uh, just so you know that, because I know that can be, you know, you know, especially when you, you know, have kids and small kids. But, yeah, so children's church is open at 8 if you ever want to come. And, uh, and, you know, it's nice for the kids to look forward to coming to church because, you know, they have the food and and, and sometimes, though, I walk back there, and those kids are going in like it's Thanksgiving. They're like, if this is what the house of the Lord is about, I am here. <laughs> I'm like, getting crumbs all over the carpet. Uh, so, But you're going to have to brace yourself this morning. Um, this is a, uh, I said some things last weekend. And when I shared them, um, you'll see this in Scripture. You see this thing where God chooses a leader to represent himself to the people. The leader will share certain things. This is constantly in the Bible. The leader will share certain things and the people won't like it. And then God will then talk to the leader behind the scenes and say, I heard what the people said after you shared what you shared. So now do this or now go back and say this. So I, lay, I made a, you know, I've made these statements before. I've never taught a full message on it. And I made this statement last weekend about, you know, I said, people always want to argue with me about does God give dreams, particularly prophetic people, prophetic or pathetic. And uh, they want to argue with me about that. They haven't given me a scripture to date. And so, so I was literally, I had no, I had a, I had, my intention was to teach on something else in regards to the word and how the word of God foretells the future before it happens. I was going to show you secret codes and all of that to encourage you to be in the Bible. Holy Spirit said, not today. I sat on the couch. And his exact words were, I am tired of the people giving to the devil what belongs to me. He said, this weekend, you're going to kill that. And in one flash, showed me the whole message. And so uh, that's what this is about today. And let me say something, a couple of things. I need to move through this very quickly. So this is an expose in regards to the dangers of not seeing the word correctly. And while the word is the foundation. Let me also say this. A pastor's role, according to scripture, is to teach you to do the work of the ministry, to perfect you, to teach you, and then two other words that they don't like, rebuke and correct you. People love the teaching part. They love the perfecting part, but they usually don't like the rebuking part. And I, it's, it's amazing. My wife and I are amazed at how you can do everything. It's like the people you do the most for. It's just unbelievable how they will turn on you. Okay, and so, so there are going to be times when people don't like my chastisement. 
anybody, even those that are lying on me, will tell you that my chastisement has never stopped. It is adjust. If y'all that's been with me the longest, I always said, I'll never control you. I will only adjust you. You know, so, but I am getting ready to put on a different cape now. I'm switching from pastoral to apostolic um, because I'm dealing with, uh, I'm dealing with enemies that require a different type of cape, different type of cape. And so, and, and so, you know, with that, you know, I made a statement last week in regards to what the Lord said. I didn't come up with this. And let me tell you something. When you repeat things to people, make sure you give them everything that I said. Otherwise, they could only get part of it and have a wrong conclusion. You know, I told you what the Lord said is that you can't have two shepherds. You can't. And right now, we're dealing with a generation of people. They want to make the ministry be what they want it to be and not what God made it. You can't plant two plants in two different holes at the same time. One plant in two different holes. You understand what I'm saying? Right. You know, the church is a military. You can even in the American military, even all militaries, you can only be in one branch of the military at the same time. And so people sometimes don't hear what I said. I said I did not say you could not visit another church, did I? No, I said if another church has a conference, it's no problem if you go. One lady told me last Sunday. She said, Pastor, I won't be here next Sunday because such 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 is having a special speaker, and I wanted to go hear him. Wonderful. Let me know how it is. I have zero problem with that. Zero. So sometimes people are not listening. So so you have no problem visiting another church. I mean, there are people that use me as a supplement. You know what I'm saying? You know, have some churches. You ever been to a church and, and a man says, if the Lord sent you here, he sent you here forever. It, when the Lord sends you to a church, he sends you there forever. That's the way it's supposed to be. But if that's the case, why don't you send all of the people that avoid, visited your church back to the church they came from? See, so there's a lot of erroneous things being said out here. And so you know, I didn't say that you could not go to another church. I didn't say you can't go to somebody else's conference. Somebody just told me this morning that that uh, they had just went to a singles conference or something. I was like, cool. I'm always like, was well, anything crazy happened? Did you find your, 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 your wife or something? Uh, you know. So, but you cannot to have two heads. You can make excuses all you want to. And, you, and, and let me say something. Quit, quit looking for churches that are going to feed you, that make you. It's, you're, you're supposed to join a ministry to serve there, learn from the place, and then help it survive and grow and go. Right now, people, they bounce around to see whatever makes them feel good. That's not the purpose of the churches to make you feel good. The purpose of it's a unit. It's a, it's a machine. You're supposed to figure out which one you're supposed to be a part of and then take responsibility for that part. Well, it doesn't have everything I need. Nothing has every. No, no place has everything you need. Maybe what you're looking for, never mind. So I just wanted to clarify that, you know, but again, people don't like that. That's not my problem. You're going to have to pick one. Pick one or the other. I didn't say you can't visit a place from time to time. I didn't say none of that. But you're supposed to have one shepherd. And now this new generation, they want multiple pastors so they can pull only the parts that they like. And God looks at that and says, that's not how the situation goes. How many of you know? And see, and see, with that, and then what happens is, is that when you, when you play that type of game, you don't get the grace from any of them. Yeah, Jamie said it's a waste of time because you, you, you can't plant yourself in two different spots at the same time. The Bible says if you receive a righteous man and name a righteous man, you receive his reward. I mean, you got to be planted under someone. And so it will be wise for you to be planted on someone that has fruit. Not just tells you what you like. You know, and so, so which means, leads me to the next point. I didn't plan on saying this. I'll be very, very careful. You're going to see more and more people drag our names through the mud, my name through the mud, <laughs> my wife's name through the mud, both of our names through the mud, and then the church name through the mud. 
very, it's very interesting to see more and more of an uptick of people coming at my wife now. Not people that necessarily know her, but, but just her whole woman's preacher thing. They don't like the fact that she's on social media and that she's preaching. And yeah, okay. So, so you're going to see that more and more, okay? And so, and so one of the things, the only reason I'm addressing this is because of what my own spiritual father said. He said, you can attack me all day long. He said, it's like a flea riding on the back of an elephant. You are insignificant. You can attack me all day long. But the problem is when you start going after the sheep, and the Bishop Oedipo said that. He said, if you start going after sheep, he said, then you have to see the other side of me, and I'll destroy you. Because my responsibility is to keep the sheep safe. That's my responsibility, is to keep the sheep safe. So I will make statements sometimes, vague statements, just so you understand something, okay? There are people that sometimes are going to leave us, some for the right reason, most for the wrong. <laughs> There's something about the people who leave for the wrong reason. They don't want to listen to correction. And so what they do then is that they then get in cahoots together, and then they start calling people and lying about me. And so the, 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 the statement that is the most said is he preaches one thing and does another. He, he's hypocritical because he is not living what he preaches. And I told my wife yesterday, uh, are these people in our house and they invisible or something? These people that are saying this about us, the only time they see me is up here. So how do you know how I'm living? Number one. Number two, a man like me doesn't get results like this by being hypocritical. I have to be 100% to get these results because everything about my personal life and this ministry is working. Everything about the people talking about me, nothing is working. They have zero fruit. Zero. So I have to be very, because there are things that are going on that certain individuals or individual groups don't know that I know. And it's amazing because I don't care to know, but the Lord tells me anyway because I have the right heart. So just remember that. If you want to know how I'm living, talk to my wife and my kids. I'm, I'm sorry. Anybody that's telling you that I'm hypocritical, I'm doing one thing. And there's lots of people saying that. I'm doing one thing up here and another. They are a flat-out devilish lie. I live this 150% and a thing fake about me. Now, if you have a problem with that, go join some other raggedy place. If you're a first-time visitor, excuse, excuse the flames coming out of my nostril this morning. But when people tell you that, that I'm, he's hypocritical, he's not living right, he's saying one thing and doing another, you need to ask them, give me some examples of what you're talking about. What has he done specifically? You have stood up here, you have sat here and watched me do things, and the Lord rebuked me in private and made me repent publicly. That's humility. But the one thing that I've learned is, is when people can't control you, they say you're prideful. So it is. I can't be controlled, especially not by Jezebel spirits. And Jezebel spirits always try to take down the apostolic. They don't like the word. They like what they feel. They like what they think they hear. So, and of course, you know, sometimes people like that, they have spies sitting in here. You know, let me tell you something. The worst thing in the world is think that you can deceive me. That's the worst thing in the world is think you can deceive me. Because number one, I don't care if you deceive me. Because you are irrelevant to what I'm doing. I don't mean to sound like, y'all understand, understand what I'm saying? I got, I'm on a mission, dude. Right. Let me ask y'all something. Do you actually believe that a ministry like this where everything works, right. everything, everything we touch goes up? Yes. You know, the secret that I can't let out yet, that'll be done in just about a minute. You don't get those type of secrets yes. being hypocritical. Yes. I don't have offerings in the service, but there's not one day that goes by where offerings don't come in here for 11 years. Yes. 
So explain that mystery. Is it the devil? Can't be. He is not trying to finance this church. There's too many signs and wonders here. So do you actually believe you can be a church where we're doing calls every weekend getting people saved? We do two to four calls a weekend with groups getting them filled with the Holy Ghost. Spiritual growth classes. I don't even know how many are going to sign up this time. It's probably going to be a thousand. Every person that comes in contact with us, inner healing, deliverance, casting out demons. We cast out so many demons, we have to have a separate ministry for it. We are on a path. The Lord connects me to one of the most integrous men in planet Earth who is killing our results. Money comes into this church like a river and everything is working flawlessly and y'all are being raised up and you're going up instead of down. But I'm the devil. Because the devil always has to use people if we could just find something. He doesn't have any open doors because he's not hypocritical. So let's find the weak people in the body of Christ to just tarnish his name through the mud. And we so stupid that it'll be free advertising for them. It's your first time? Yes. How'd you find out about it? Some person I talked to said that you was the devil and I investigated and found out it wasn't true. You understand what I'm saying? Okay. So I'm two seconds off exposing something. You know, but let me tell you, see, this is apostolic. You see this type of stuff in Scripture. How many know Ananias and Sapphira died for lying? And I'm not a liar. It's only one thing my wife thought about I lied about in our marriage. She found out that was incorrect. I don't lie, even if it puts me to shame. Even if it embarrasses me in front of a whole congregation, I just simply don't lie. So the people that tell you that I lied, it's because they're lying. Can't even remember what I was going to say. Oh, and I don't know what I was going to say. There's an individual that left here. This individual thinks that they are of God. Five dreams were given in one night about her death. It was not given to me. It was given to a congregation member. Her congregation member said, why would the Lord give me five dreams? They said, I had a dream about this person's death. And that the people that are connected to this individual are going to crash. She is, and she said, I'll just say it to she, you never know who it is. She, she went back to sleep, she said, and then I had the dream again. Then I went back to street, sleep, had the dream a third time. This is in the same night. Had, had the dream and, and woke, uh, had the dream the fourth time. Went back to sleep, had the dream the fifth time. Five, same dream, five times in one night. You remember what Joseph said? It's because you had the same dream in one night. If you have it twice, it means it's going to shortly come to pass. Yeah. I would not have suggested you fool with this lion. Yeah. Everybody wants a little following. Keep following. They're going to take you right into the ditch. Yeah. Blind. Leading the blind. Yeah. With no fruit. And none of them have any fruit. So keep playing. Keep playing. Anybody who has been with me for a period of time that thinks this thing is not of God, there is something wrong with your brain. So speaking of that, this month we're talking about the Bible. The word of God, which is Jesus Christ in another form. Okay. So again, I'm going to say that again. Okay. See, let me tell you something, y'all. Let me tell you something. There are sometimes, sometimes it's very important for you to be on point. If you listen to what someone else tells you, it could be off a little bit. If you're not here, one day you're here, one day you're not, you miss stuff. You show up late, you miss stuff. Okay? So again, I'll leave that alone. So if you miss stuff, just go back and find out what you missed. Okay? So I got to... This, this generation, they just they want to do everything based on their feelings and what they like. They want to do what they like and not what is right. And you read the Bible, and what do you see? A huge level of discipline. What do you see? You see Joshua connected to one man for a long time. You see David connected to Saul, even though Saul was trying to kill him. You know what I'm saying? 
You see Elisha connected to Elijah. And even though he was faithful because of what he wanted to experience in his life, he said, you've been faithful, but you'll have to be here to the last second to get that request. I don't know what makes people think the things of God are cheap. Now, if you're just looking for goofy church services and all that type of stuff, then fine. But if you're looking to get somebody's anointing, because according to scripture, you have a right to get what's on me plus more. But not if you have stepping and in several spots at the same time. You have to be committed. I don't know what makes people think. It's, they do this with everything else on their jobs, on their everything. They don't even have two cell phone services. So I don't have time. I don't, I, let me tell you how time. But based on where I am now and the type of tax I receive, I don't have time for stupid stuff. I don't. There's a whole generation of people out here that's looking for a place like this. And if it's not for you, it's not for you. That's okay. Not every place is for everybody. You understand? But I have something I have to do. And one thing I don't have to do is, is to pander with people who are too emotional. Buck up! So, my cape switches off. Today, I should have bought, bought a Superman cape. Just, that's what I put an L on it. Oh, they're going to learn today. And the Holy Ghost, let me tell you something. You in, you in for some fire when the Holy Ghost says, oh, they're going to learn. He said, this weekend, you're going to kill this. It didn't meant like kill it as in, oh, man, he killed that sermon. No, he said, you're going to kill this mentality in the body of Christ where they think devil gives dreams. He said, you're going to kill that. Never heard anybody preach it, and they're still going to disagree with me. Y'all ready? First Timothy 4.1, now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last, oh, this is going to be so good, that in the last time some will turn away from the true faith, which means they will still claim to be in the faith, but it won't be the true version of it. They will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that comes from devons, demons. Watch this. You interview somebody, uh, what's a teaching that comes from a demon? They don't even know. Would you like to know one of the teachings that comes from demons? Is that devils give dreams. Terry, she on a roller coaster, isn't she? Whoa. <laughs> One of the teachings that come from demons is that they can give dreams. Okay? So, we're about to jump into this, but let me help you understand our foundation. The Bible says, let everything be established based on two or three principles, so you cannot take a scripture out of context. Let's roll. This is the third time in 1 2 Corinthians 13.1. This is the third time I am coming to you. In the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. Matthew 18, 16. But if you are unsuccessful, take one or two others with you and go back again so that everything you say may be confirmed by two or three witnesses. Deuteronomy 17, 6. Never put a person to death on the testimony of only one witness. There must always be two or three witnesses. Y'all think God is trying to get us to get a point? Numbers 3530, all murderers must be put to death, but only if evidence is presented by more than one witness. No one may be put to death on the testimony of only one witnesses. Only one witness, excuse me. First Timothy 519, do not listen, oh Jesus, to an accusation against an elder unless it is confirmed by two or three witnesses. That's an example of three. He said everything must be based on two or three things in the Bible. It must say that. They just gave you an example of that scripture where it says the same thing five times. Let's look at another example. Proverbs 21.9. It's better to live alone in the corner of an attic than, when, than with a quarrelsome wife in a lovely home. My wife just texted me, slow down. Sorry. I'm amped up this morning, ready to set it off. So let me slow down. It's better to live alone in the corner of an attic than with a quarrelsome wife in a lovely home. Proverbs 25.24. It's better to live alone in the corner of an attic than with a quarrelsome wife in a lovely home. 
Proverbs 21, 19. It's better to live alone in the desert than with a quarrelsome, complaining wife. Y'all see that? Everything is established based on two or three. <laughs> Some of the brothers are like, thank you, Jesus, for putting that kick in for me one time. Because my wife been wearing me out. I said, oh, thank you, Jesus. But see, the fact that that says that three times, and all three of them are in Proverbs. That's the Lord telling you. That's how, that's how God looks at a, 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 a bugging, nagging, quarrelsome type wife. Mm -mm. He said, this, man, that's crazy. He said, it's better for a man to be on the roof. And not just on the roof, over in the corner. <laughs> what? He said, it's better for you to be in the desert by yourself with the coyotes and the wolves and the snakes and the tarantulas than to be in the household with a nagging. And now, let me say this. You can't use that scriptures, brother, to say, woman, you need to be quiet. No, sometimes she need to bring something to your attention. He didn't say she couldn't get with you and y'all couldn't have a disagreement. We're talking about, y'all know what I'm saying. This is the less of the day. Here's an example. He said out of the mouth of two or three, right? You just saw three. You saw five, then you saw three. Now look at, look at two. Job 2.28. Let me slow down. And then after doing all those things, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on servants, men and women alike. I guess he was going to pour out his spirit on the women, but they couldn't say anything. <laughs> so y'all read that scripture, right? Acts chapter 2, verse 17 says the same thing, out of the mouth of two or three. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I'll pour out my spirit even on all my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. I guess the ladies can only prophesy at home. <laughs> okay, let's look at one more that has two graphic. So sometimes it'll say it exactly or it'll say the same thing another way. Isaiah 53, 5, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Now let's look at 1 Peter 2, 24. Who his own self carried our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. Y'all see this pattern? That when something is true, you can find it in many different places all over the scripture. The Bible says at least two or three. It's always more, okay? So y'all see that. That is the foundation. So in order for me to prove that your bad dreams, your nightmares do not come from Satan, how many of you know? I better have two or three. But in this case, I don't. I have about, 10 or, I have about 15. Y'all ready? This is an expose on the intelligence of the word and how you must study to show yourself approved so that you rightly divide the word of truth. Every person that comes to me with this notion that Satan can give a dream, they're basing it based on their experience and not understanding. God, God got me? And this is, so, and when someone does give a scripture, this is the only one that they use that, to prove that Satan gives dreams. I'm going to read the verse that they take out of context, then we're going to read it in context. Y'all ready? Matthew 13, 25. But that night as the worker slept, his enemy came and planted weeds among the wheat and then slipped away. That's the only scripture they use. Dude, that's not saying that Satan stepped and gave me a movie and y'all understand you know what I'm saying? But they said, oh no, the Bible says the wild men slept. The enemy came and planted weeds among the wheat and then he slipped away. Now let's read that in context, Matthew 13, 24. Here is another story Jesus told. So this is a story. 
The kingdom of heaven, so he's not talking about dreams, he's talking about the kingdom of heaven, is like a farmer who planted good seed in his field. So he's talking about a field, not your brain. But that night, as the worker slept, his enemy came and planted weeds among the wheat and then slipped away. When the crop began to grow and produce grain, the weeds also grew. The farmer's workers went to him and said, Sir, the field where you planted that good seed is full of weeds. Where did they come from? He said, An enemy has done this. Should we pull out the weeds, they asked? No, he replied. Then you'll uproot the wheat if you do. Let both grow together until the harvest. Then I will tell the harvesters to sort out the weeds, tie them into bundles, and burn them, and to put the wheat in the barn. Do y'all see that this ain't got nothing to do with dreams? Not a thing. But that's what they, see, when you're stretching, you'll take something out of context to try to prove your little point. Okay? So, that's one thing. The next thing, and this is all talking about reason, oh, it gets deeper as we go along. It gets much deeper. The next reason is that, is that people think that the devil gives dreams is because they put, uh, their religious mentality puts God in a box. Now, most people, they have limited God in what he can and what he will do. Okay, they just limit him. The man can do anything, but they limit him. And so Isaiah 55, 8 through 9 says, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts. Think about that. So this lets you know that when it comes to your decision making, when it comes to spiritual things, he does not think like you. You think based on common sense. You think based on what you feel and all of those things. And Jesus, God said, my thoughts are nothing like yours. And my ways are far beyond anything that you can imagine. Stop right there. He said, first of all, I don't think like you. And he says, second of all, when it comes to the way in which something should be done, he said, anything that you have imagined, I've gone way past that. Y'all got me. So that, no, so that means when it comes to dream interpretation, he does not think like you. And whatever you have imagined, he's gone far past what you think he will do in a dream. Y'all got that? 1 Corinthians 13, 9 through 10. Now our knowledge is partial and incomplete. And even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture. But when the time of perfection comes, these partial things will become useless. Speaking in tongues, prophecy, the gifts of the Spirit, the Bible considers those things useless. Those are temporary band-aids that you use in planet Earth. But it says the Word of God will last forever. Y'all got me? Okay, so that's the thing, is that the religious mindset puts God in a box. Oh, God would never give a, a negative dream. He would never give a nightmare. He would never do these things. Okay, you're going to get burned in a second. I'm telling you, I got burned. I knew this. I didn't know it to this degree. Okay, next graphic says, well, next graphic, but, but how many know God is the one who created hell? Matthew 25, 41. It says, this is the light stuff. Then the king will turn to those on the left and say, away with you, you cursed ones, until the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. It's very interesting. There's a possibility that hell has never been created. It's just been prepared. So that word there, but I haven't studied that out, so don't take that to the bank. They may not cash that check. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Okay. So y'all got that. That's simple stuff. So if, if God is the one who created hell or Satan and his angels, he never meant for humans to go there. But if you don't give your life to Christ, giving your life to Christ is not some religious thing. It's God saying, look, in order for you to be a part of my kingdom, you have to be born into it. And in order to be born into this kingdom, he said, you got to say this prayer. You, Jesus, Jesus died for you 
so that you would accept what he did. And when you accepted what he did, that would be you being born into this. That's what born again means. It means you are now born in a new kingdom. So you go to heaven because you were a member there before you left earth. If you're not a member of heaven before you accept Jesus Christ, you don't go to, you don't get a second chance on the other side. You understand what I'm saying? Okay. So anyway, next graphic dreams are creative and Satan is a perverter, not a creator. So for people that disagree, there is not one scripture in the Bible where Satan created anything, let alone a dream. Not one scripture where he created anything. Only thing he does is he attacks. Not one scripture in the Bible where he created anything, especially not a dream. This is all the light stuff. We'll get to the heavy stuff in a second. Y'all ready for the next one? You're welcome to lift up your phones, take pictures of this because we are going up. Next graphic. Every single person in the Bible who had a bad dream or nightmare received it from God, not Satan. Every single person in the Bible who had a bad dream or nightmare received it from God, not Satan. There is not one account. Remember, got to be two or three. There is not one account in the Bible of a person who received a dream from Satan, not one. Don't you think that's a little strange that if, who in here has had a nightmare before? Now, if everybody in here has a nightmare, don't you think that if that came from Satan, that God would eventually say something about that? Y'all like, there is not one account where someone's dream was manipulated or corrupted by Satan. If you want to know my level, it's because I stick to the word and not experience. And then if I can't find it in the word, I'll tell the Lord, if I miss something, you'll have to show me because I'm not breaking the word. Let me tell you all something that you may think is strange. Kenneth Hagin, which is one of our mentors, he was caught up in the heavenlies with Jesus. He said he was standing right there almost in outer space. He and Jesus were having a conversation. And he said Jesus Christ told him something. And Kenneth Hagin looked at Jesus and said, that sounds good, but where is that in the word? Remember that? He said, where is that in the word? Jesus, he said, Jesus smiled at him and said, I'll show it to you in three places, not one. Jesus never goes against his word. He's the one that wrote it, so why would he go against it? He's the one that wrote it, so why would he tell you something different in your ear? Doesn't make any sense, does it? Let's keep on going. Oh, this is, a, this is I'm probably using all of the words. This is a symposium today. This is an exegesis. This is, this is, <laughs> just inventing words to sound better. Y'all like, be quiet. Right. So y'all got that. See, we, we, to, see and, and to, in, first, in order to establish truth, you got to look for it. Okay, so, so if, God, if, if what these people are saying, that God gives dreams and he manipulates them, well, then why wouldn't there be one scripture in the Bible? Not one. It just, it, just please, one. Just one scripture. There's not even a scripture that hints at it. Not one scripture that the devil or the devils can give a dream, and not one scripture that he can manipulate your dreams. Well, I wonder why my dreams so bad. We can really answer that question. So you have to stick with, okay, this is the truth. Now I can go to God and say, Lord, what are you saying in my dream? Because according to your truth, the devil cannot give dreams. Again, it's too creative. Yeah, I want y'all to think about this. I want you to think about the fact that I have a dream and one, two, three, four, these five people are in my dream communicating with me, driving cars and having experiences. Now I want you to think about that. If, if Satan can do that, that means he has the ability to take five characters in the natural realm, create a movie where I interact with them in the dream, and then place it on the inside of me while I'm asleep. 
No, I don't see, that Satan doesn't have that ability. If he had that ability, we'd be hit. I'm going to just keep on going with the word, Jesus. Matthew 27, 7 through 19, 17. As the crowds gathered before Pilate's house that morning, he asked them, which one do you want me to release to you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called the Messiah? He knew very well that the religious leaders had arrested Jesus out of envy. Just think, that's another reason the people will be talking about us. They can't do what we do when they don't have what we have. Be surprised how many, not a whole lot. There are some women that they left this place for one reason. They were jealous of my wife. It is a shame. Because they weren't really jealous of my wife. They were jealous of what my wife looked like on the weekends. She's trying to help me clean it up. I'm talking about how she will up. I'm talking about, see, yeah, okay, we put on some nice pair of clothes, and we have a couple of seats that we sit in and that we're leaders. Yeah, but what are we doing through the week? How many counseling appointments did you do just in the last two days? Five. Each one takes eight hours of work out of you. Just in the last two days, she did five counseling appointments. We're not talking about her other responsibilities. We're not talking about the children and getting up and making breakfast and got to clean and got to talk to other people about stuff. She has a real estate business and some other stuff that she had to do because they're trying to, they trying to mess her over with that. I mean, we, and, and then on top of that, we're not talking about the demonic attacks and then you're tired. I got to work out. I got to do this. I got to do that. Yeah. That's why the Bible says many. See, many are called, but few are chosen. Few. He said few. Everybody has a calling. He said, but fear chosen. Why? I'm trying to choose people that are make it to the end. I'm trying to choose people who are going to follow me and not what they feel. I got to choose people that are going to do what's right, not what they like. I got to choose people that got the right heart, not a gift. Many are called. Few are chosen. And the ones that are not chosen, they choose themselves. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says that a tree plucked up out of the ground from the roots will still grow leaves at the very scent of water. Which means people can just be as off as the devil, but if they preach a little bit of word, they can still get some results. You ready for this? Results are not even a reason to follow somebody. Didn't we prophesy in your name? Mm-hmm. Didn't we do miracles in your name? Mm-hmm. Didn't we do deliverance in your name and cast out demons? Mm-hmm. But the problem is, Angel, do you know them? No, I ain't never seen them before, Doc. Jesus is going to say, me nor the angel know who you are. Who are you? Which proves you can do all three of those things without knowing Jesus. And when you do all of those things without knowing Jesus, they'll swear up and down that you know Jesus. Oh, Jesus. I'm not even in the... Come on, Jesus. Verse 19. Just, just then as Pilate was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent him this message. Leave Jesus alone. I suffered through a terrible nightmare about him last night. Nightmare didn't come from the devil, came from God. He, this man was in charge of Jesus making a decision. And the man gave his wife a dream. And, she, and the nightmare she probably got was um, how he was going to be crucified. Or I bet you the nightmare she got was God gave her a dream about Jesus in hell. She came out of that. Now, whatever it is, whatever this nightmare was, she tried to warn that man, don't do the wrong thing with that dude. Because I suffered through nightmares because of this guy. Job 33, 14. God speaks again and again, though people do not recognize it because they don't like to listen to the word. He speaks in dreams 
and in visions of the night when deep sleep falls on people as they lie in their beds. He whispers in their ears, number one, look at the next one, terrifies them with warnings. Number two, he makes them turn from doing wrong. Number three, keeps them from pride. Number four, protects them from the grave. Number five, you're going to do something that's going to eventually make you die. And then the last one is he gives you a dream to prevent you from crossing over into the river of death. In other words, you ain't listening to nobody, so he's trying to give you symbolic dreams to show you that you're going to hell. This is why so many people that are not Christians, they'll have dreams about them falling into a volcano, crossing a bridge, and the bridge collapses and they fall down, or drowning, um, all of those things. <clears throat> I don't have those dreams. But did he just not say he would, did he say one of the things he would do in dreams is terrify you? How many, how many know? How many know? If you, see, the problem is too, we change language. How many of you know that if you, if it's two dreams, you have to take a risk on that. They said both of them are going to mess you up. But pick the one that you think is going to mess you up the least. Now, if you saw over here, it said nightmares. And this one said terror. How many know you might want to leave the terror one alone? Because we know what terror means. Terror means there's nothing beyond being terrified. You know what I'm saying? You know, and listen to what God said. He said, I'll terrify you in a dream. Which means that this is going to be some horrific stuff. Oh, We ain't even in the deep stuff yet. I mean, the Holy Spirit showed this all to me in the once right, Let's go. Genesis 41. Two years later, Pharaoh dreamed that he was standing on the bank of the Nile River. In his dream, he saw seven fat, healthy cows come up out of the river and begin grazing in the marsh. And then he saw seven more cows come up behind them from the Nile, but these were scrawny and thin. These cows stood beside the fat cows on the riverbank. Then the scrawny, thin cows ate the seven healthy fat cows. At this point, the dream in the dream, Pharaoh woke up. Now, let me ask you a question. How many of you know? So I'm trying to help you understand. This was his This was his nightmare. How many of you know that if you had a dream and you're sitting there and you saw a scrawny dog? And in the dream, you have to sit there and watch this scrawny dog eat the healthy dog. How many know you're not waking up right? I'm, I'm trying to help you understand that these are nightmares. You have a dream and you actually see, and we're not talking about a frog that stuck his tongue out and grabbed a fly. You know what I'm saying? You know, that's normal. That's just, okay, he just had a meal. But if you had to literally sit there in a the dream and you couldn't turn the dream off and you have to watch a little scrawny dog eat tail, head, and all another dog, how many know that's gross? Now imagine what it looks like if you have seven scrawny cows and you got to sit there in a the dream and watch them eat seven healthy cows. You will be messed up the next morning. Some of y'all pretend like you want, no, that's not that crazy, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. I don't even like to see, you ever seen some ants attack a bumblebee? I don't even like to see that. I don't want to witness this. Verse 5, he fell asleep again and had a second dream. This time he saw seven heads of grain, plump and beautiful, growing on a single stalk. Then seven more heads of grain appeared, but these were shriveled and withered by the east wind. Then these thin heads swallowed up the seven plump, well-formed heads. Okay. Then Pharaoh woke up and realized it was a dream. But because of the dreams were so bad, the next morning Pharaoh was disturbed by the dreams. She said, very. So he called for all of the magicians and wise men of Egypt. 
When Pharaoh told them his dreams, not one of them could tell him what they meant. So this is another thing that you're going to see. Not one single time in the entire Bible do you ever see someone in astrology, witchcraft, magician craft, all of those crafts. Not one single time did they ever have the ability to interpret one dream. Not one. And the ones they couldn't interpret were the nightmares. So if the nightmares come from Satan, how come Satan's people couldn't interpret it? Because surely if he gave the dream, he would give the interpretation to deceive you into the darkness. Y'all following me this morning? Oh, we ain't even got to the good parts yet. I mean, this is just time is 10 to, oh, yeah, we go. Oh, thank you. Teen. Time is on my side. You're like, you better keep on talking because it may not be. Genesis 41. Then uh, Joseph gives the interpretation of the dream. This will happen just if I as described it. For God has revealed to Pharaoh in advance. See it? God gave you this crazy nightmare because it's symbolic concerning what he's getting ready to do. The next seven years will be a period of great prosperity throughout the land. But after, there will be seven years of famine so great that all the prosperity will be forgotten. In other words, the famine will eat up the prosperity. It'll be so good. Verse 31. Well, verse 32. As for having two similar dreams, it means that these events have been decreed by God and he will soon make them happen. So if two dreams have been decreed by God, what about the woman amongst us that had five dreams and one night about these people that left here and acting a complete fool in the name of the Lord? You can tell them I said it because I know it's somebody listening. Doesn't matter if you listen and if you tell them I'm still going up higher. This is a machine that you can't stop. If you can't look at this and see that this is going someplace, Amen. if you can't look at this and see that the Lord is the one who opened up these doors, this church is working because I didn't make no decisions. Amen. It wasn't even my decision to do inner healing and deliverance. That was Gardner and Francia's idea. I was sitting on the couch when the Lord said, turn the early morning prayer call into a digital prayer mountain. I'm off, but the Lord is going to appear to me in dreams to connect to the most powerful man of God on the planet. That's what you're telling me? Let me go on back behind here before I get in the flesh. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and then on top of this, how many know? Can, can I ask y'all a question? How many of y'all have acted a fool? <laughs> no. Because, you know, these people, they just try to put these curses on you that he ain't going nowhere, he ain't not doing this. But the last time I checked, the Bible says that when I was acting a fool, God was treating me good. Yeah. And him treating me good is what caused me to repent. Yeah. That was before I gave my life to Christ. Then I gave my life to Christ. How many of y'all acted a fool after you gave your life to Christ? You're like, Lord, I, Lord, that was Luciferian right there. I can't even believe I just cussed that man out like that. I just went off on them. I tried to run them off the road. I just, I called my husband an idiot right in front of five other ladies. I mean, we, we do some, how many of you have been embarrassed of some stuff that you've done in the past? God has forgiven you, but you'd never wish he knew in the first place. Y'all understand what I'm saying? You were, I mean, it's just, and it's amazing. Did God curse you? Did God say you were going to be a failure? No. Did he say he was going to leave you? No. Did he talk about you? No. See, that's what's so amazing is that people, they leave and then they do all of the stuff that Jesus would never do. Wow. They don't even pray for you. They just gossip about you. And then the gossips are lies. And they somehow think that with them talking about a bunch of dust that this is supposed to stop. No, you're giving me free advertising, including the Baptist God that's on their town that we owe the devil because we cast out the devil. I'll take that. Same thing they accused Jesus of. They say he can only cast out demons because he's demon-possessed. And Jesus said, that's crazy. He says, Satan will not fight against Satan. <laughs> that's 
Unbelievable. Okay. So this man's nightmare was, was the Lord showing him in the raw how horrific this famine was going to be. So the, so the nightmare, okay, that was given to this man, it, it matched the intensity of the famine. Y'all got that? Now, Holy Ghost shared something with me. I was shocked. I was shocked and shook. <laughs> I was shook and shocked. I was everything. <laughs> Couldn't believe he said this to me. Now, now, when he said this, he said it to me because I had the wisdom to understand that it's more than that. This is what he said. He said, the, he said the, book, the entire book of Daniel is given to how God terrifies men. Read Daniel. Every chapter is a story of God terrifying a man through a dream or an experience. Here, I'm going to just read a few. Y'all ready? Daniel chapter 2, verse 1. One night during the second year of his reign, Nebuchadnezzar had such disturbing dreams that he couldn't sleep. Everyone say nightmare. Here we go. He called in his magicians, his enchanters, his sorcerers, astrologers, and he demanded that they tell him what he had dreamed. As they stood before the king, he said, I had a dream that deeply troubles me, and I must know what this foolishness means. Then the astrologers answered the king in Aramaic, long live the king. Tell us the dream, and we will tell you what it means. Get a lot of that too, people trying to interpret dreams. You don't even read your Bible. You can't interpret nothing. Then the astrologers, oh no, verse 5. But the king said to the astrologers, I'm serious about this. Because he knew their foolishness. <laughs> he said, if you don't tell me what my dream was and what it means. We got to tell you the dream and the meaning? Yeah, since y'all deep. <laughs> he said... If you can do both, no, let's go back. If you don't tell me what my dream was and what it means, you will be torn limb from limb, and your houses will be turned into heaps of rubble. But if you tell me what I dreamed and what the dream means, I will give you many wonderful gifts and honors. Just tell me the dream and what it means. They said, please, your majesty, tell us the dream, and we'll tell you what it means. King said, I know what you're doing. Hey, this stuff is amazing. You're stalling for time because you know I'm serious when I say, if you don't tell me this dream, you are doomed. So you have conspired to tell me lies, hoping I will change my mind. Tell me the dream and then I'll know that you can tell me what it means since y'all so deep. Now, this is the deep part. This is a heathen king. This is not a Christian king. This is a heathen king dealing with heathens and none of these heathens that got this nightmare from the ultimate heathen Y'all understand what I'm saying? If you're new here, just try to follow the best you can. I promise it's going to be, you know, regular next week to whatever that means. I don't even know what verse I'm in. If you don't tell me the dream, you're doomed. You have, so you have conspired to tell me lies, hoping I'll change my mind. Tell me the dream, and then I'll know you can tell me what it means. The astrologers replied, no one on earth can tell the king his dream. And no king, however great and powerful, has ever asked such a thing of any magician, enchanter, or astrologer. The king's demand is impossible. No one except the gods can tell you your dream, and they do not live here among people. The king was furious when he heard this, and he ordered that all of the wise men of Babylon be executed. Everybody going to die. <laughs> it's crazy. And because of the king's decree, men were sent to find and kill Daniel and his friends. When Arioch, the commander of the king's guard, came to kill them, Daniel handled the situation with wisdom and discretion. He asked Arioch, why has the king issued such a harsh decree? Arioch told him all that had happened. Daniel went at once to see the king and requested more time to tell the king what he, the dream meant. 
Then Daniel went home, told his friends, Hananiah, Michelle, and Azariah, what had happened. He urged them to ask the God of heaven to show them his mercy by telling them the secret so they would not be executed along with the other wise men of Babylon. That night, the secret was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Then Daniel praised the God of heaven. The secret was revealed to Daniel because the nightmare came from God. Therefore, he gave the answer to the nightmare. The other dudes, they couldn't pray nothing because it wasn't given by their God. It was given by the ultimate one. Daniel 4, 4 through 9. I ne Here we go, part two. This is another one. This is a whole different situation. I, Nebuchadnezzar, some of these names. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was living in my palace in comfort and prosperity. But one night, I had a dream that frightened me. Everybody say nightmare. I saw visions that terrified me as I lay on my bed. So I issued an order. Here they go. Calling in all of the wise men of Babylon so they could tell me what my dream meant. And when all of the magicians and the enchanters and the astrologers and the fortune tellers came in, I told them the dream, but they could not tell me what it meant. These are the devil's fault. At last, godly man came in before me and I told him the dream. His name was Belteshazzar after my God and the spirit of the holy gods is in him. That's what the world does. They always change your name. It was, because, it was called marriage between a husband, uh, a man and a woman. Now it's a husband and, and anything. It used to be called a baby. Now it's called a fetus. The world always changes your name. I said to him, Belteshazzar, don't, I'd rather have Daniel, chief of the magicians, I know that the spirit of the holy gods is in you and that no mystery is too great for you to solve. Now tell me what my dream means. Daniel 4.19. Upon hearing this, Daniel, also known as Belteshazzar, was overcome for a time. So he got the meaning of the dream. The Lord gave him the interpretation, but it messed him up. He was frightened by the meaning of the dream. Then the king said, Belteshazzar, don't be alarmed by the dream and what it means. Belteshazzar replied, Daniel replied, I wish the events in the dream would happen to your enemies and not to you, my lord. So the man, this guy got a nightmare. And he didn't even know what it means, but it was terrifying enough that he knew it was scary. Turns to his people, sorry, sir, you know good and well we can't interpret no dreams. So he goes to Daniel. When Daniel got the interpretation, he was terrified just like the king. He said, I wish that would happen to your enemies and not you. Look at the next one. Daniel 4.27. This is what the dream was about. King Nebuchadnezzar, please accept my advice. Stop sinning. <laughs> hey! So the nightmare was about his sin. He said, my advice, stop sinning and do what is right. Break from your wicked past and be merciful to the poor. Perhaps then you will continue to prosper. Okay? So the king's nightmare was a symbolic story about his demise because of his lifestyle of sin. Daniel 4.33, the king didn't repent, so this is what happened. That same hour, judgment was fulfilled. Nebuchadnezzar was driven from human society. He ate grass like a cow and was drenched with the dew of heaven. He lived this way until his hair was as long as eagle's feathers and his nails were like bird claws. So the nightmare was a raw story about this is what's getting ready to happen to you because of your lifestyle. How many of you believe that, how many of you know that you can be doing the wrong, the right thing but there might be parts of you that are still wrong. Did you ever consider that the nightmare was given to you because of the part that's wrong? Oh, Jesus, the Holy Ghost is killing it this morning. Oh, man. 
You know what the Holy Ghost said to me? Man, this killed me. I couldn't believe he was saying some of this stuff to me, but he told me he was going to kill it. Now, be honest. How many of you, you used to, even though it was up until this moment, you used to like horror shows? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Scary movies, horror shows, scary movies. Yeah, she said I watched them, but I didn't like them. Okay. This is exactly how the Holy Spirit says. He said, always know that your sin is heaven's horror show. That killed me. They say, when you get into a lifestyle of sin, it is, it, it, it is heaven's, your sin is, put, is giving a horror show to heaven. When they see you in sin, they got to watch horror. And so sometimes, because what you think is so small and insignificant, sometimes they will give you a nightmare to show just how horrific they think it is. How many of you know we're good at dismissing stuff? Oh, it's not that deep. No, it's deeper than deep. Oh, man. Daniel chapter 5. I'm good on time, Jesus. Oh, you're going to sit here and listen to this today. Here we go. Daniel chapter, this is another story. Belteshazzar, this is his cousin, Belt, whatever. Many years later, King Belshazzar, this is not Belteshazzar, this is King Belshazzar. He gave a great feast for a thousand of his nobles, and he drank wine with them. While he was drinking the wine, he gave orders to bring in the gold and silver cups that his predecessor, Nebuchadnezzar, had taken from the temple in Jerusalem. He wanted to drink from them with his nobles, his wives, and his concubines. How many of you know this is a full party going on right here? So they brought these gold cups taken from the temple, the house of God in Jerusalem, and the king and his nobles and his wives and his concubines drank from them. While they drank from them, they praised their idols made of gold, silver, bronze, iron, wood, and stone. Now, this is not in a dream. This is just an experience that God used to terrify them. Suddenly, they saw the fingers of a human hand writing on the plaster wall of the king's palace. Near the lampstand, the king himself saw the hand as it wrote. And his face turned pale with fright. His knees knocked together in fear. And his legs gave way beneath him. The man's knees started knocking. He fell right out the chair. How many of you know that if we're sitting here and a full human hand appears over there and starts writing on the wall, you don't know whether to pray or go right back home and get in the bed and turn on Looney Tunes? You said, you gone? He said, I'm gone. He said, I'm out. I'm out. Yeah. This, this is obviously the wrong church. I made a mistake visiting here. It's my third or fourth time, but it's obvious that the Lord has shown his hand, and I'm out. I'm not going to no church where hands just appear in the middle of the service and start writing on the wall. You understand what I'm saying? So, I mean, you know, this is very alarming. <laughs> what a first am I in? Seven. The king shouted. Here you go again, getting all of the witchcraft folk who don't know nothing. The king shouted for the enchanters, <laughs> the astrologers, and the fortune tellers to be brought before him. He said to these wise men of Babylon, they ain't that wise if they can't interpret nothing. Whoever can read this writing and tell me what it means will be dressed in purple robes of royal honor and will have a gold chain placed around his neck. He will become the third highest ruler in the kingdom. When all of the king's wise men had come in, none of them could read the writing or tell him what it meant. So the king grew even more alarmed and his face turned even more pale. His nobles too were shaken. 
But when the queen mother, here come the sisters setting everything in order. When the queen mother heard what was happening, she hurried to the banquet hall. She said to Belshazzar, long live the king. Don't be so pale and frightened. <laughs> there is a man. There is a, see, let me tell you something. Some of y'all, the only reason why you're on your job is for something that's going to happen in three years. And then they need you. There is a man in your kingdom who has within him the spirit of the holy gods. Well, if he got the spirit of the holy gods, then what did the other guys got? During Nebuchadnezzar's reign, this man was found to have insight, understanding, and wisdom like that of the gods. Because he got it from God. Your predecessor, the king, your predecessor, King Nebuchadnezzar, made him chief over all the musicians, enchanters, astrologers, and fortune tellers of Babylon. This man, Daniel, whom the king named Belteshazzar, has exceptional ability and is filled with a divine knowledge and understanding. He can interpret dreams, explain riddles, and solve difficult problems. Call for Daniel, and he will tell you what the writing means. They call for Daniel. Daniel showed up. In Daniel chapter 5, he said, this is the message that was written. Mean, mean, tekel, and parsin. This is what these words mean. This is what these words mean. Mean means number. God has numbered the days of your reign and has brought it to an end. You couldn't send me a dream for this? You got to write on the wall in front of everybody. <laughs> Tekel means weighed. You have been weighed on the balances and have not measured up. Parsing means divided. As a result of these two things, your kingdom has been divided and given to the Medes and Persians. See, all of that terrible experience. That was for the purpose of, so, and what's very interesting is, don't ask me why, how many know God could have just made that plain? How many, how many know he could have just wrote on the wall, you out of order, you've been acting a fool, I measured it up, and you're, and you're wanting or you're lacking, and as a result of that, I'm going to give your whole kingdom to your enemies. How many know he could have just wrote that? He didn't. He always uses symbolism, oh, not always, excuse me, he many times uses symbolism with this because um, the symbolism is meant to lock Satan out. I'm going to use the symbolism in the dream. I'm going to use the symbolism with these visions. I'm going to use symbolism when it comes to his experiences. I need to bypass Satan so he doesn't try to get involved with what I'm doing. And only one of my people will be able to interpret the secret way in which I talk. Y'all got me? How many know? We haven't read a good dream yet, have we? Let's keep on going. Daniel chapter 7. Earlier, during the first year of King Belshazzar's reign in Babylon, Daniel had a dream and saw visions as he lay in his bed. He wrote down the dream, unlike Pastor Opha, and this is what he saw. <laughs> Still struggling, y'all. Pray for your brother. Pray. I just, my wife just rebuked me. I told her this wonderful dream. Did you write it down? I'm going to get to it. <laughs> Daniel 7.15. As a result of the dreams that he had, I, Daniel, was troubled by all I had seen. And my visions, what? Terrified me. Nightmares. Coming from God. Daniel 7, 28. That was the end of the vision. I, Daniel, was terrified by my thoughts and my face was pale with fear, but I kept these things to myself. Any of you have a nightmare and you kept it to yourself? Daniel 8, 1 through 2. During the third year of King Belshazzar's reign, I, Daniel, saw another vision following the one that had already appeared to me. In this vision, I was at the fortress of Susa in the province of Elam, standing beside the Ule River. 
Daniel 8.15. As our Daniel was trying to understand the meaning of this vision, someone who looked like a man stood in front of me. And I heard a human voice calling out from the Ule River. Gabriel, tell this man the meaning of the vision. As Gabriel approached the place where I was standing, I became so terrified that I fell with my face to the ground. I told you Daniel was all about showing you how God terrifies me. I became so terrified that I fell with my face to the ground. Son of man, he said, you must understand that the events you have seen in your vision relate to the time of the end. While he was speaking, I fainted and laid there with my face to the ground. But Gabriel roused me with a touch and helped me to my feet. Just an experience of an angel messed him up. Daniel 8, 26, he said, this vision about the 2300 evenings and mornings is true, but none of these things will happen for a long time. So keep this vision a secret. The vision that he was given was about today. Then I, Daniel, because he told Daniel, he said, this will come to pass when men can move with speed and technology increases. Then I, Daniel, was overcome and lay sick for several days. Think about this. This experience messed him up so bad, the man is now sick. An experience from God made the dude sick for days. It's crazy, isn't it? I was overcome and lay sick for several days after I got up and performed my duties for the king. But I was still greatly troubled by the vision and could not understand it. Daniel chapter 10. Only I, Daniel, this is another vision. Only, these are just a few. Only I, Daniel, saw the vision. The men with me saw nothing, but they were suddenly terrified. And ran away to hide. Can you imagine something walks in the room, you can't see it, but you start running in stark terror? Crazy. So I was left there all alone to see this amazing vision. My strength left me. My face grew deathly pale, and I felt very weak. Then I heard the man speak, and when I heard the sound of his voice, I fainted and lay there with my face to the ground. The man just went out, fell face down. That's somebody speaking. Just then, a hand touched me and lifted me up, still trembling to my hands and knees. The man said to me, Daniel, you are very precious to God. So listen carefully to what I have to say to you. Stand up, for I have been sent to you. When he said this, I stood up trembling. Y'all, this is crazy because an angel just shows up and it terrifies the man so bad. I mean, I want you to imagine you look up at someone and then when they just say the first word, you just go out. It's too much on your system. See, so, so some of these experiences, that's why I stopped praying for experiences, because every time the angel showed up, the first thing he said was, fear not. I said, I'll wait till I get to heaven on this then. I'm, I'm going to just do the Bible and live right. I don't need that type of stuff in my life. <laughs> I don't need to be taken to hell. And I even said, I'm going to just wait on heaven until I just have to go there, and, and I'm not trying to lay sick over an experience. And these men would have a dream, and it mess you up for days. Y'all got that? So you see this pattern over and over again where men are having these, what we see, we renamed it. Re, re, we relabeled it. It's actually dreams that fall into the category of terror. And they came from God. And they were speaking about the negativity going on in a man's life or in a nation. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Genesis 15, 12. As the sun was going down, Abram fell into a deep sleep and a terrifying darkness came down over him. Then the Lord said to Abram, you can be sure. Now, the, terrifying, the terrifying darkness was in response to what was going to happen to his people in the future. The Lord said to Abram, you can be sure that your descendants will be strangers in a foreign land where they will be oppressed. So the darkness came down as a sign of the oppression. They'll be oppressed as slaves for 400 years. But I will punish the nation that enslaves them. And in the end, they will come away with great wealth. 
See, but Abraham went into a sleep. Horror of said a horror of darkness came upon him, and as the horror of darkness was to be like a symbolic version of the same way this horror of darkness is falling falling upon you is the same way that your people are going to be in a horror of darkness called slavery for four hundred years. Okay, and then this is a killer. The Holy Spirit shared this. I mean, I couldn't believe that he shared all of this stuff. He was upset. His exact, I mean, because part of what he said was, he said, you preach, he said, but then I hear what the people say about what you preach. He said, you preach the word. He said that when they're speaking against you, they're speaking against me. It would be different if you gave your opinion. You preach the word and they still speak against it. I mean, he did that to men of God in the Bible all the time. They would preach the word and the Lord said, go back and tell them I heard what they said. Y'all remember Miriam? She was talking about the leader. And, and Moses had no idea. He called Miriam, he called Aaron, called Moses out in front of the tent. And then he immediately, Moses, he didn't say nothing to Moses. Moses just sitting there with popcorn in his hand. Just, what, what in the world is going on? He said, now, y'all need to explain something to me. Because he heard him talking. He said, first of all, if I call a prophet, because you know what they said? Uh, Miriam said, and it all came down to after Moses married a woman of a different quote-unquote race. He married an Ethiopian woman. A woman from the continent of Africa. And apparently the sister didn't like that. So she got to run in her mouth. And she said, he's not the only one that can be a leader. We prophets too. God heard her say that. So he pulled them all to the tent. He said to Miriam and Aaron, he said, no. He said, now, let's first of all get one thing straight. He said, if I call someone to be a prophet, I will reveal myself to them in a dream, a riddle, whatever. He said, but Moses is on another level of that. He's my friend. And I'll talk to him face to face and not in dark speeches that y'all always misinterpret. He said, now, considering that he is above your little prophecy realm, and he is my friend, and I talk to him face to face, he said, now you explain to me why you think it's okay for you to talk about this man. You remember what he said? He said, since you run your mouth about this man, he said, this is what we're going to do. He said that we're going to put you um, in the wilderness for seven days with leprosy, and you got to live in the wilderness as a woman by yourself. With the lions, the tigers, all of them, the snakes. Watch the heart of Moses, same heart I have. He said, Lord, do you really got to do this? And he said, and Lord, answer back to Moses. He said, if somebody spit in the girl's face, wouldn't she be unclean? He said, so she going out there for running her mouth. Same way to certain people going places for running their mouth against me. If I'm a bad pastor, that's one thing. But if the Lord knows my heart and he knows that it's clean, yeah, just go someplace else. If you don't like the leadership here, if you don't, just go, just go. You got to stay around like a little flea or a little fly just buzzing around because you want me to change to fit your description of ministry. It's not going to happen. I didn't get here listening to people. I didn't get here listening to myself. I got here listening to God. And one of the things I found is when you listen to God, many times the people won't like it because they have their own definition of ministry. They have no definition of church. They have their own definition of the future. God is sending this train someplace to a destination. And based on the destination, he has to give me instructions. And here's the crazy thing. It's not like I got a history in the past of leading y'all into the ditch. You would think people would understand that. They're like, we don't have no scandals here. We don't have no issues except for people who just raise up and say, I'm the devil. That's what always happen. Y'all got me. This is my favorite. This straight from the Holy Ghost. I mean, he, I think he cooked this on a barbecue grill and brought it straight to my. <laughs> this is powerful. He said, always remember, God always warns where Satan is working. 
And there are no warnings in the Bible about Satan working in dreams. Not one. God always warns where Satan is working. Next graphic says the Bible constantly warns about Satan in the heavenlies. That is not. Does it say that there are four classes of spirits right there in outer space? Somebody on social media rebuked me. This is a false prophet. He talking about demons in outer space. <sighs> heavenlies means outer space. They're not in the sky and you waving at them on your way to Egypt on an airplane. Y'all know what I'm saying? People are going to be so ignorant. And ignorant births birth pride. The Bible constantly warns us against Satan working in the heavenlies, does it not? The Bible shows us Satan working in the spirit realm, does it not? The Bible shows us Satan working by speaking in our ear, which produces thoughts in the mind, does it not? That's why the Bible says cast down thoughts and imaginations. When you read Luke chapter 4, the Bible says Satan was standing there just whispering in Jesus' ear for 40 days straight, does it not? Next graphic. Bible talks about how Satan would do lying signs and wonders, does it not? Warning against Satan, influence, and prophecy. He talks about a lot, of that, a lot about that. It says there will be in the last days doctrines of devils and seducing of spirits. He said, don't be ignorant of Satan's devices. He said, don't be ignorant of Satan's devices. Then told us all of the devices, but mistakenly God forgot to put in dreams. No warning in the entire Bible about be careful about Satan working in your dreams. No warning in the Bible about be careful that your dream came from Satan. No warning whatsoever, not once, but he's warning constantly in all of the other areas, but does not warn in that one. He doesn't warn in that one. There is no scripture in the Bible that a man ever got a dream from Satan. There is no scripture in the Bible. I don't know why I keep doing like that. There is no scripture in the Bible where any of the devil's folk could interpret a dream. They were locked out of that realm. So people say those things because they know nothing about that realm. They just know something about their experience. Y'all got me? And people are still going to disagree. Well, I just believe, show me a scripture then. Because the Bible says, out of the, see, this is how I kill people. Out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established, correct? Then where is your scripture that specifically says that I just showed you all of these scriptures that God gives nightmare, terror, nightmare, terror, nightmare, terror, and the nightmares and terrors are about the sin in your life or a bad experience in planet Earth. Give me one scripture about Satan and being able to influence a dream. See that silence? That's even the mouse. And see, that's how people get off, is that they would rather preach their experience and what they think they know. But the Bible is a rule book. It's a safety net. And so the reason why I have more skill when it comes to dream interpretation is for one reason. I won't break away from the word. Are y'all still with me? Y'all don't think I'm an antichrist, do y'all? Some of y'all looking like... I don't know. You might be riding the line there, son. You might be. <laughs> oh, this now. Let me tell you that. Now, these are the most dangerous. I can't believe I got through this faster than I thought I would. God constantly warns us about Satan, his ways, and his devices. Yet not one warning in the entire Bible about Satan working in your dreams. I would think you would put a warning in there if everybody in here has had a nightmare and it came from Satan. That's gross negligence on God's part. If these nightmares came from Satan, he doesn't give us one warning in the Bible about it. Gross negligence. Jeremiah 28. I don't like this scripture, but Jeremiah 29. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies of, of God Israel said. <laughs> this is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel says. Do not let your prophets 
and fortune tellers who are with you in the land of Babylon trick you. Do not listen to their dreams because they're telling you lies in my name. I have not sent them. Did you notice? Did you notice? Hey, do me a favor if you can. Bring up that scripture in the King James Version because the King James Amplified does a better version of that same scripture. Y'all give me the thumbs up when they switch it. Did you notice that he knows what he didn't say? He said, don't be careful about the prophets because their dreams came from Satan. He didn't say that. He said they just lying to you. That's one thing about people who are in the, like that prophecy, prophetic realm. It's one thing I've noticed about them. They constantly lie. I very rarely met one that didn't constantly lie. Very rarely. And the women are much, much worse than the men when it comes to the lying part. I hate to say that. Do you know, now, ladies, this is, not a, this is not a, please don't take this as a bash. But do you know that 75 to 85% of the people that we're trying to get healed that came from other churches, they were either, either a woman pastor or a female prophet? I want you to think about that. 75 to 85% of the people that are confused and got drama in their life is because they came from a church with a female leader like that. I'm not saying I'm against female leadership. What I'm saying is, is that a man is more wired to be a leader than a woman. You don't have to like that. It does not mean the woman is less. It's just that men are less emotional. I don't need a female prison that woke up on the wrong side of the bed that morning and hit the wrong button. Kim said, because we know we can get emotional. And that's not a bad thing because men on the other side can be too unemotional. Do you want to eat? <clears throat> so, so we doing caveman stuff today? Watch this. We get home from church, and our, when we come from the sunny location, some of our kids always ask us, how was church? And I usually say, oh, it was cool. Not my wife. She gave him a whole dissertation. Your daddy was off the chain, and, and this person tried to grab the mic, and he dropped, kicked him in the stomach, and, and, and the devil showed up in the rear window, and all that. Because women are more emotional. And because they are more emotional, they sometimes explain things much better. They give more detail. But if Satan attaches himself to that emotion, that goes south really bad because she won't make decisions on stuff. Now, there are women that I do know. I now, I don't really know this woman, so don't be trying to go to the bank on her either. But there are women that they, they, they are very, very good at holding that in check. Like there's a young lady by the name of Cindy Trim. Uh, she seems to be somebody that, you know, she, you know, but usually, let me tell you something, as a female leader, because there will be female leaders that come out of this place, you will be best if you learn how to submit to your husband, hopefully you saved, okay, but because he will see some things to be able to hold that emotion in check, or if you are single, make sure that you stay connected to a pastor. Once you go out there on your own, now you're Satan's, I mean, you, you bait for Satan. Okay, all right, listen to what this says. Because sometimes what the Amplified King James do, they, they broaden it out because in the Greek and Hebrew, it usually says a whole lot more than what you read. Thus said Lord of hosts, let not your prophets and your diviners that be in the midst of you deceive you. Neither listen to your dreams, which you cause to be dreamed. It's a very dangerous thing. Now, and it says that in King James and the Amplified. He said, don't listen to your dreams that you cause to be dreamed. There are dreams that you will have. This is going to sound so strange. I got to show it to you in the Bible. There are dreams that you can have, and God gave you the dream only for one reason. That's what you wanted to hear. You know, you have these stages where groups of people in certain departments like, you know, intercessors and people in the 
prophetic realm. And we had a group here in the very, very beginning. And same thing, they, they met with me. They didn't like a decision that I was making. So because I would not agree with them, um, I was then the devil. I couldn't hear from God. They wanted to believe that I was off instead of just walking in humility. I never forget, I met with them and the Holy Spirit said, don't say a word. He said, just listen. They will expose themselves. And that's exactly what they did. It wasn't like bad, bad stuff, but they, I made a move in service and they swore up and down that I had listened to the devil. I said, that's impossible that I listened to the devil. And I kept, I laid it out and then I just listened. And, 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 and some of the people, just, they just exposed themselves. Okay? So, and, and so here's the dangerous thing. When you won't repent, when you won't submit, when you won't humble yourself, then you might get a dream. You might get a word that what you're doing is okay. You ever remember in the scripture it says God will turn you over to a reprobate mind? That reprobate, it means a mind void of wisdom and judgment. What you're doing wrong, you now think is okay because God just stopped talking to you about it. Okay? So this young lady that she had to do, so they didn't like the fact, they, they wanted me to be wrong, so the Lord gave her a dream that I gave her moldy bread and then she left the church. She caused that dream to be given. The Lord says, since you don't want to listen to sound wisdom, I'm going to give you a dream that confirms what you want to hear. That seems cruel. But let's look at, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let's look at Jesus say that this is a principle of the kingdom. Matthew 13, 11, He replied, you have been permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but others are not. To those who listen to my teaching, key word is listen, more understanding will be given. And they will have an abundance of knowledge. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. That is why I use these parables. For they look, but they don't really see. They hear, but they don't really listen or, understanding, or understand. This fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah that says, when you hear what I say, you will not understand. When you see what I do, you will not comprehend. For the hearts of these people are hardened. And their ears cannot hear, and they have, they, look at that, they have closed their eyes, so their ears, so their eyes cannot see, and their ears cannot hear, and their hearts cannot understand, and they cannot turn to me and let me heal them. So he said, that's the reason why I talk in cold, so they can't get it. He said, because they don't want to get it. He said, he said y'all want to get it. He said, that's why I give them parables and talk to y'all in private differently. He said, but because they don't want to hear the truth, because if they hear it, it means they have to change. It means they have to humble. And since they don't want to hear the truth, I give them what they want. I just give them parables that talk in dark circles and speeches so that they can't understand it because they don't want to. That's a dangerous thing, y'all. That seems cruel, but, but I'm not Jesus. He knows me better than I know myself. See, so you, you'll see this with a girl. She's dating the wrong guy. This guy's not even saved, but I can get him saved. This guy's not your husband. Y'all sleeping together. Y'all doing whatever. And, and she won't listen to what the word says. And I, I, one girl told me, you just don't want me to be happy. <laughs> I just closed my eyes. Lord Jesus, please help me. Just please help me. I don't want you to be happy. The worst ones are the ones that think I want them. That very rarely happens. That very rarely happens. That's one thing. Most pastors constantly get hit on by ladies. That's just something that never happens to me for some reason. I don't know. She's standing back there by the door threatening people. My wife is not like that, so don't get uh, I shouldn't be playing like that. I could be making my wife look bad. I'm just surprised. It just never happens. It just never happens. 
Well, that's not true, except for that one lady. Yeah, we did have this one lady. She was sitting right there. This is in the early days. And, 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 and this is how dumb men can be sometimes. And uh, I noticed that every time she came to service, she would, uh, she would always be buttering me up. Oh, man, you're such a great man of God. And, and I didn't think nothing of it because, you know, she was, I don't want to say that, but. Well, no, she was a little, I mean, she was, would you say she was significantly older than me? My wife said she was not my type. Y'all like, clean this up, son, clean this up. And so she was just, and it didn't really bother me a whole lot. But then one day, I stood up here, and I said, and I quote, I said, I love Indian dresses. Like from India, Pakistan. My wife has a lot of those dresses. I love that style of dress. I love Indian dresses. It's my favorite dress. So the next Saturday... See, it's so funny. The man's still trying to figure out the story, but the lady's like, oh, we know where this is going. The <laughs> men are like, this is interesting. Let's see. And the women are like, oh, no, no, no. You can go on to the next point, Reverend. We're already out. This girl came in here the next Saturday with a full Indian dress on, stomach out and everything, and it was red. My wife told me, you know she wore that dress for you. What did I say? No, she didn't. <laughs> I was adamant. That woman, I was like Bill Clinton back then when he did his mess. That woman did not wear that dress for me. I shouldn't have done that. I'm so sorry, Bill Clinton. The Lord has forgiven him, hopefully. He's, I said, that woman did not wear that dress for me. She said, oh, for you are deceived by the devil and the whole host of darkness. That's exactly what that woman did. She said, that woman didn't wear that red dress for me. She didn't wear that red dress for me. You just stood on the pulpit, said that you like Indian dresses. She come in here with a full head jewelry and everything. Stomach out red, scarf swept back and everything. And you're going to sit up here and say, this woman just woke up this day. She said, that woman went and bought that dress for you. That woman didn't have no Indian dresses in her closet. But see, man, this is how we think. I, I was basing it on, I don't like the woman, so why would she do this? She's like, she's a man can be so dumb. They can be so dumb, Jesus. I see why you created the man. And it's not good for him to be alone because he'll be misinterpreting everything. This man can't even. I've done it about three times. I tell her, that woman did not show up for me. It should, it should, when she finally had enough, okay, we'll see. You're going to find out. Nah, I find out every single time. Okay, so I, uh, the point that I was making is, is that if you don't want to hear the truth about a relationship, you might actually get a dream that it's okay to marry the guy or the girl. And it's that very thing when God says, I'll warn you and I'll convict you. But once I see that you don't want to hear my way, he'll turn you over to your ways. That's a dangerous thing. And that happens through dreams sometimes. That's why he said, be careful about the dreams you cause to be dreamed. It's some good stuff, isn't it? And see, all of this is important. Some of you are like, I didn't come to church here about no dreams, but guess what? In the future, you're going to need this teaching. You may not remember it all, but you'll remember, okay, I cannot be deceived in this particular area. Out of the mouth of two or three witnesses. Y'all got me. <clears throat> so dreams follow the same pattern in the word because the same person who gave you the word is the same person who gave you the dream. Oh, I did put that in there. Jeremiah 29.8. I did put that in there a second time. I messed up. So we'll close it. 
just with these last couple of graphics. Here's the reason for bad dreams and nightmares. Number one, your sinful lifestyle. We saw that. What did Daniel tell the man? Sir, the dream was given because of how you live. You didn't understand it, but it scared you. It scared you, but you didn't understand it. But I'm here to tell you that the dream is talking about your lifestyle. Okay. Number two, a nightmare or a bad dream is given because it's the result of your bad decision. You just turn left and the Lord is going to show you what your bad decision looks like. So that's why I showed you. So guess what? So there are a group of people that they left. Okay. So what did the Lord do? Gave five dreams in one night. See, and how many know that's a scary dream about somebody losing their life? The Lord is showing you, yeah, you can't walk in that much dishonor and not something come for you. This is the end result of their, of the way in which they're going. And see, then what I've, what I've seen in the past, though, I'll share something like that for the purpose of warning them. I've actually talked to people say, look, I know you and I are not seeing eye to eye. I've given you a word on this, and I'm telling you what the Lord is showing me. Then it becomes a contest. You know, I'm telling you the Lord gave me a dream. I got a dream, too. And I usually tell them this is not a contest to see who can be Martin Luther the King. I got a dream, too, but they're lying. I said, fine, then we'll just have a contest of dreams and see who loses. I'm still standing. None of them others. I've do you know that I've never had a person since the history of this church, I have never been wrong about a person? Never. Never. Never been wrong. Ask my wife. Never been wrong about a person. It's because it works a particular way. When I say never been wrong about a person, I'm not, I'm not talking about stuff like, hey, Lorana, I think he might be good for her. She's like, no, you have no anointing whatsoever when it comes to looking people up. So we're not talking about that. I'm talking about when people attack, when people do the wrong thing, when they disagree. I, d I don't have a personal opinion. For y'all that are newer, you told how many times you heard me say, I am not right because I'm the pastor. I am not right because my, first, my wife is the first lady. Right is right and wrong is wrong. And that's the reason why twice I've done something behind the scenes in counseling and the Lord made me repent to the congregation even though y'all were not there. Amen. See, I would think you could trust a man like that you know what I'm saying? Because none of y'all were there when I made this mistake. And the Lord was so angry at me, he said, this is your penance. You got to uh, repent to the whole congregation about how you misjudged the situation right here. And if you wonder why I keep on rising, it's because you know I'll quickly repent. Thank you. And right now, good leaders are becoming extinct. Yeah, and watch this. And I don't do that to be a good leader. I do that because I'm scared. You know, I'm running something for somebody else. If I'm running something for somebody else, I'm not allowed to run it based on what you think and how you feel. And at any moment, he can give me, let me tell you, when the secret is revealed, <laughs> I keep trying to not say that, okay, but, but I don't know what he's going to tell me to do when you got two Sunday locations. Some people are going to have a theory. I think we should do this, and I think that's wonderful. We can all think all day long. But many are the plans of a man's mind, but the Lord directs the next step. If the Lord blessed us with this huge situation, he had an intention behind it. And it's not mine. You understand what I'm saying? The Lord is trying to create a wrecking machine on the devil. And, and you have to determine if you want to be a part of a battleship or a cruise ship. A cruise ship is all about having a good time and how you feel, all that type of stuff. As soon as something happens, they're the first one closed. First one. Battleship is like, mm -mm, battleships just keep on going. The storms are coming. They shooting during the storm. I mean, they just battleships. I want to be a part of a battleship. I don't want to. 
Yeah, y'all notice how many problems they're having out here with cruise ships? They're just having problem after problem, stuck at sea. <laughs> One group, they were supposed to go to some paradise island. They took them to New York because a storm came. <laughs> One lady was from New York. She said, you mean to tell me I got on this thing to come back to where I left? Oh, she is hot. It's hot. And they're not giving them their money back. They said, we can't stop storms. So anyway. Hey, you been on a battleship? Yeah, you still, we are there in that storm. I've thrown up 359 times. Well, you're about to throw up 360 because we're not going back. This is a battleship. Okay, we are on the directions of the, of, the, of the president of the United States to kill the enemy. So we're not turning around because you don't feel good. Go downstairs and take some salt and go to sleep. Either that or get thrown overboard like Jonah. That's what the Lord is doing in this hour. He's throwing people overboard. Because they cause them problems. Whole storms. See, that's another one. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Ghost. That's another one. Think about this. A man gets on a ship, but he's in disobedience. And because of his disobedience, how many, how many days were they on that ship with that storm? Any remember? It was like two weeks. It was at least two weeks. It might have been 21 days. Okay. But let's, when, you, when you're in doubt, go lower. For two weeks, they were on that ship in the midst of a storm. And it said that they were just afraid. They were in terror, all of that. I might have the wrong story. Micah's looking it up for me. Okay? Because I just thought about the other ship. That was the one Paul was on. He was on there in a, in a storm for 21 days. Yeah. So they were on the ship. Nevertheless, this is such a nightmarish situation. All of the men who didn't even know God, they said, somebody on here didn't act a fool. This is some straight horror. And they drew straws. Jonah didn't even speak. Did he speak or did they draw straws? They drew straws. Thank you. You like Reverend? Yeah, thank you. Okay. They drew straws and he had the shortest one. And then Jonah told him. He said, man, I didn't turn your life into a horror show. And in order for this horror to stop, you're going to have to throw me overboard. And they threw him overboard. With no problem. Because if we don't throw you overboard, we're going to lose everything. But I'm trying to help you understand how these terrifying situations that we don't understand in our dreams and in our lives and in our manifestations, these things show up to speak of another issue you haven't dealt with. Now, these men would just sail in the friendly skies and they pick up a visitor and now they're in a storm and lose all of this stuff. And the storm wouldn't stop until they got rid of the man who was in disobedience. Be careful who is it. So, there are some people, y'all, that were on this ship, and, and they believe they left. No, the Lord kicked them off. No. He didn't even want to. See, let me tell you. Let me tell you. You want to say something? Well, let me tell you. Like he's been here remember, for 12 years. <laughs> One of the things that happened is, is that sometimes go, the, people will leave your midst because he does not want them to have access to all of the new people coming in. Because the new people that are coming in, they ain't coming in for no fake church. No punk church. They don't, they, they've been under manipulation. They've been under false pastors, false apostles, false prophets, false teachers. They've been there, done that with the money games. I need something that's real. So sometimes people, you'll see one little person. Not every person leaves. Sometimes people leave because the Lord sent them to another church. Nothing wrong with that. Sometimes people leave because whatever else. But sometimes that happens. Many a times. Most cases here, you'll see that happen because the Lord does not want them to attach themselves to people. 
and corrupt them like a virus. He doesn't tell them that. He just does it. You understand what I'm saying? This ain't no joke. This is God's business. I mean, you know, when you read the Bible, God was ruthless in some of his decisions because it was his. It was about people. It's about people. This, y'all, the whole thing is about people, not manipulating people. I told you I got one person because I told them, hey, y'all, I had a person that I was just, I'll put it in this category. I'll put it in a nice category. Let's put it that way. I've had people rebuke me because I don't charge for classes and material and stuff like that. And, and, and I'm keeping it nice. It's really, you know, I say Jesus would recreate a story. It wasn't a real story, but he recreated a story to make it a nice story because he didn't want to incriminate people. And so and one person said, well, you need to charge for something. And I killed him. And I said, I need to charge, huh? Mm-hmm. I said, is that the reason why Jesus charges you to read the Bible? Is that the reason you got to pay a fee every time you pray in the Holy Ghost? Is there a monthly subscription to be able to use the name of Jesus? See, that's how I kill people. I kill people with the word. You know, this whole thing of what people appreciate the information more when they have to pay for it. Is that the reason why Jesus said, freely you have received, therefore freely give? Your doctrine does not line up with the king of kings. Oh, Jesus. See, so, so the devil does not like the fact that I keep people saved. That's the main reason he can't stand me. Well, one demon told me, he, he, this demon that cast out in the back room back there, he said, you know the problem that Satan has with you? I'm, saying, I'm sure there are many, but I ain't got all day to get to the point. He said, he has a problem with the fact that you're teaching your people the secrets of the kingdom and the dark side, which is giving them the ability to overcome us. He said, and Satan hates that about you. And then his next breath, he said, but he can't destroy you. He knows he can't beat you, but we're looking for every crack. I like the hotel, like I like to say that. I'll keep the light on so you can see clearly. What's that commercial for the hotel? We'll keep the light on. Motel 6. But how many you know, this ain't no Motel 6. This is... I don't know what this is. Let me just. <laughs> we watching you. Wonderful. Okay. So anyway, let's get to the point. We just, the last. Number three. I just got off track in my own world. The demon that is tormenting your life and circumstances. That's another reason why a nightmare will be given. One thing you must understand about God. He's always in the raw. He doesn't butter anything down. He doesn't water it down. It's raw. So you might think something is a little small, but he'll show it to you how it really looks from his point of view. So it might be a little, some little small negative thing, but he will amplify that. No, you think you see it's small because of how you see. I see just how big and nasty this is and what this could become if you don't put this in check. So sometimes when you have these bad dreams and nightmares, you might want to fall on your knees and say, Lord, would you show me an area in my life that I need to get right? Or something is not there or what needs to be there, whatever. So that's another reason is that the demon is tormenting your life and circumstances. Number four, he's showing you a dream or nightmare of what your story will look like if what the devil is planning comes to pass. He watched Satan. No weapon that is. So while he watches him form the weapon, he might then come to you with a dream to show you, uh, excuse me, I want to give you a story. Uh, and the story is what he's writing down. You're like, did I do something wrong? No, the Lord showed you uh, this is what your arch enemy is doing. This is the blueprint that he has created for you. This is the manifestation that he wants for you. So we're going to show you what this looks like. Because Benny, me, be, be honest with you, most of the nightmares you have, canceled in prayer. That's the purpose of praying in other tongues. Because you don't know what to pray for as you should. How you know Satan got a blue, has a, creating a blueprint for you in hell right now? You don't know that. Got me? Number five, nightmare is given. It's a symbolic story that matches what you're going through. 
How many have gone through some things that are really bad? And that happened to Job. That happened to Job. Job had nightmares. I mean, it was mimicking what he was going through. It's a mirror dream. And sometimes it's given because the Lord is just showing you, I see what you're going through. Keep on going. Okay. I, uh, speaking of the symbolic story, since this is my, just got three more to go. Not three graphics, just three points. I never forget the story as long as I live. It was a teacher. She had a dream, which is definitely a nightmare. She had a dream. She was sitting on her couch, and she saw two of her students sitting on the couch across from her. And she said the two students begin to eat each other. Y'all like, like I say, that's Satan. It's definitely Satan. Nope. See, this is where if you don't know the word and you're not practicing this stuff. And then the dream ended. She called me. And the Lord gave me an instant interpretation. Here's the interpretation. The teacher that had the dream was getting in strife with another one of her sisters. And so the strife that her and her sister were having with each other, the Lord was showing her what it really looks like in heaven. And then gave the scripture, be careful that you don't bite one another lest you consume each other. See, you would have just called it a nightmare. But God was showing you how your strife looks in heaven. Y'all are just eating each other up. See, God does it in the raw. But because you don't notice about God, you just, you know. Number six. Bible says we see through a glass dimly. God sees clearly. So bad dreams are given to show a clearer picture of how bad it really is. <sighs> Number seven. Many a times we are visited in the night. How many of you have had bad experiences in the night? So sometimes your dream can turn dark because God is letting you know that there is a demonic visitor in your room trying to interrupt your sleep. Y'all got that? Here's the crazy part. I'm just giving you what I know. One thing the Lord made sure that I knew. He said, this is just a little bit. The biggest problem is that God has a very big mind. He is divine and ultimate intelligence. This is my personal opinion. I don't think we will ever know on this side the reason why he gives all of the dreams. So, I mean, you know, he can do anything in a dream. And we don't know everything he's speaking of. He could be speaking about your pet. He could be speaking about your neighbors next door. You, you know, it's how many know you pick up sensations and you pick up feelings and you. And so this is all a thing. But the one thing we have to start in order for us to get wisdom in this area, we have to start by saying, well, we cannot set any scriptural precedent that Satan has the ability to give, interpret or manipulate a dream. Can't. They can visit you in your room. How many have had the experience that was like this invisible being coming in your room and holding you down and choking you? Lift your hands if you've had that experience. Okay? Some of you had the experience of like something invisible trying to molest you. Uh, it's just, you have all those experiences. And the scripture talks about those experiences. Talks about those. But nowhere in the Bible does it ever say. See, there are two arenas. It's probably three that I'm just not thinking. Two arenas that Satan is locked out of. Dreams and speaking in tongues. I don't know what the third one is. I'm assuming there's a third because God always does things in threes. But there are two arenas that Satan is locked out of tongues. The reason why you pray in tongues, he does not know what you're saying. There was a man that his uh, sister, something happened to his sister. She was in the hospital. She was, in clo she was close to losing her life. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so he was just like trying to confess the word. She will live and not die. He's speeding to the hospital. She will live and not die. She will live and not die. And he said every time he said she will live and not die, he would hear like these invisible voices in the head. She's going to die. She's already dead. He said it was like it was another person in the car countering everything he said. 
And they got so bad, he said, Lord Jesus, just please help me. I feel like I'm, my mind, I'm, I'm about to snap. He's driving and enters into a vision. And in the vision, he sees himself driving with a demon on his left shoulder and a demon on his right shoulder. And in the vision, every time he says, she will live and not die, the demon screams, she will die. In the dream, the Holy Ghost, this is the vision. In the vision, the Holy Ghost says, pray in tongues. He said, in the vision, he starts praying in tongues. He said, the demons on the shoulder just sat there. And one of them leaned over. What do you think he's saying? And the other one rebuked him. You know, good and well, we don't know what these people are saying when they pray in tongues. Let's go mess with somebody else. See? So, so there, see, you are in a battle with an invisible being that wants to take you to hell. But there are weapons. And, and y'all, some of the men might know this. What do they say about warfare? It's all, warfare is always about deception. Talk to you in the military. That is, a, that is a known saying in militaries that warfare is about the deception. They're trying to deceive each other to get an advantage over each other. That's why we have stuff like radar and an intelligence community called the CIA. That's the reason why we have Morse code languages that we create so that if he's on the other side of the battlefield, I can send him a message that bypasses the enemy. And God does the same thing. It's called praying in tongues and it's called dreams. I got to give you information to bypass. And there's the last story. Moses, Bible says about Moses here, and this is what you start, have to start doing. It says Moses saw a burning bush and said he, just, he said he just stood there and just stared at it. He was wondering, why is that bush on fire but it's not burning? said he stood there for a while and then it says he did this it said he turned and walked towards it to investigate it the next sentence says when God saw Moses turn to investigate then he spoke so there are some dreams that you are given and this is God asking you would you spend a little bit more time in prayer with me it's meant to deceive you it's meant to mess you up it's meant to because God wants to hear from his child and you can spend too many days not doing the right thing with prayer and the word and he'll give you this dream and hopefully that's an invitation Jesus I'm confused can you speak to me it's an amazing thing it says Moses as long as Moses just looked God didn't say anything it said finally Moses turned and walked toward it to investigate and that's amazing it says and when the Lord saw Moses turn then he spoke Y'all got that? Oh, last one. Last graphic, then I'll give you the dream, and then we're out. It says, your inability to interpret a dream is not the devil confusing you. I've heard that one a lot, too. The devil, he confusing me. No, he's not. Your inability to interpret a dream reflects your immaturity and ignorance that stems from very little time with God. How I many you know that's a rebuke for us all? I need to do jumping jacks on that one for myself, not for you. Okay? So if we just be honest with ourselves, the Bible says, pray without ceasing. It says, as much as lies within you, pray in tongues at all times. Okay? The Bible says, meditate the word what? Day and night. It says, feel yourself full of the word. The Bible says, study, study. Your number one responsibility is prayer, study of the word. Where I go to get my barber, where I, where I go to get my haircut, I have a female barber. And, the, and so... She's a Christian. The guy next to him is a Christian. And he's a solid guy. He always, we talk about deliverance. And so when I left the barbershop yesterday, he was reading his word. And she told me, she said, that's what he does all day. Cut hair, read the word. Cut hair, read the word. Told, told, I'm trying to catch up with Devon. Devon just, I think, I think Devon read the word while he's driving. It just, just, <laughs> he just, Devon goes to the bowling alley. 
Boom. Come back. Read the word. Your turn. Boom. Come back. Read the word. Your turn. Boom. See? And so it is because we don't study that book because there is an enemy. The enemy wants to keep you out of that book so you don't even learn the Morse code that God is using against the enemy. Y'all got me? See? So, so, yeah. So, and we all have to grow up in that area. You know, it's funny. It is, it's a lot of stuff to study in the Bible. It just really is. It just really, really is. That's why I take each month to teach it. But our inability to, y'all, you want to know why I interpret dreams? It's not because I'm a pastor or an apostle or deep. None of those things have anything to do with it. My wife will tell you, I understand dreams because I came across a book on dream and I bought it and then I read it. Then I found out another book called The Divinity Code to understanding your dreams and visions. I read it, studied it. Then I took a class by John Paul Jackson. I think it's streams.ministries.com. Website to totally dedicated to biblical dream interpretation. He had, and this class is still on there. It was 17 classes, 70 minutes. You took it to 70 minute sessions. And I learned little things about sometimes when the dream is very, very complex, it's speaking to a simple issue. When the dream is very simple, it's speaking to a complex issue. It's called the law of opposites. That's why in the Hebrew Bible, in the Hebrew language, you don't read left to right. You read right to left. How many know it seems like God does things upside down? Give and you have more. Humble yourself and we'll lift you up. See? So you got to know these things and you don't... How many know it took you 12 years to go to school and you still don't know 75% of the words... Did I say something crazy? I probably did. It took you 12 years to go to school. Y'all know what I'm saying. Something like that. 12, 14, 18, 259 days. Or whatever it is that you went to school. GED, you know, diploma, whatever. But how many you know? It's, it's so funny. You took all of those classes in English. Some of you know how to speak multiple languages. Yet you still don't know 25% of the words in the dictionary. 75% of the words that are in the dictionary, you don't know what they mean. You ever read the dictionary? You're like, who put these words in here? Fred Price, I'll never forget something that he said. He said, the dictionary does not define words. People do. See? So, so, so you got that. It took all of these years for you to learn that language to be able to step out into the world. But when it comes to the Bible, we've been duped. And, it's, and so we don't understand certain things because we don't study the thing. If we do, we study it for a day. Google some scriptures, just look at them, and then boom. This, these, these things, you all, the Bible says the word of God will never change. It will last forever. These are ancient technology. This is ancient technology. It's the past and the future at the same time. And this stuff is a cost. The cost is time. The cost is diligence. The cost is humility. You understand what I'm saying? And so, and one of the things that I've learned, I should have put this scripture in here. This is the last one for real. This has been good, hasn't it? This has been, I hope this has really, really helped you. So, this is, this is the level. I have to have an extraordinary amount of wisdom so that I can teach for the people that's been around for a long time, but also teach for the person that just came through the door. And so because the level of deception is out here, I have to hit that stuff with a big sword. I want to end with this. this is very, so how many of you remember the story of Samuel? Okay. If for you all that are maybe you're newer or stuff, you may not have read the scripture. There's a story of Samuel. Uh, he was promised to a woman, you know, so he was really that woman's promised child. She dropped him off at the temple and he became an apprentice of the head guy name. I think it was Eli. Should have really put this in here. I, I put it in, but I took it out thinking the sermon was too long. 
So um, it says that his master was asleep, and it says Samuel heard a voice, and it says Samuel, Samuel. It says he got up, and he 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 ran over to his to the leader's room. He said, "Did you call me?" The other said, "No, I didn't call you. Go back to bed." So he went back. He heard the word Samuel, Samuel. He got up again. Did you call me? He said, "No, I didn't call you. Go back to bed." He went back to bed. Samuel, Samuel. He went back to the leader a third time. Did you call me? He said, no. But it said the third time, the leader perceived, I think the Lord is calling the boy. So what he did was he taught the boy how to hear God. He said, at this time when you go back, if you hear that voice, say this. He went back. <laughs> Samuel, Samuel. He did what his master said. This is your servant, Lord. Go ahead and speak. And then guess what the Lord said? He gave him a prophecy about the guy who taught him how to hear from God. About his death. It's crazy how prophecy is. See? So, 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 no, let me see. What was I saying about that? Oh, here's the point with that. That you must understand with your dreams. God will keep on speaking to you even if you don't understand. He kept calling Samuel. He didn't, he, he kept calling Samuel's name until Samuel learned how to respond to the voice. Samuel, Samuel. Samuel, Samuel. How many of you keep having dreams even though you don't understand them? I don't understand my dreams. And he give you another two dreams the next night that you don't understand. You know, that's a principle. God is going to keep on calling your name until you learn how to hear from him. He's going to keep on giving you dreams until you learn how to interpret them. He's going to always, this, this is what it means by the statement, God is always chasing you more than you chasing him. Watch this. He's going to keep on rebuking you until you get your little tired self together. I'm unfortunately the one that got to do it until you get mad at me instead of at God. I'm just a mailman. All right, so y'all got all of that. So I'm going to just share with you this last dream that I had. When I told the Lord I was going to go ahead and do this, he immediately gave me a dream. You're not going to, the Lord, see, and the whole congregation will be mad at me before I disobey God, period. Wife knows that. My kids know that. People close to me, they know that. You're never going to get me, get me to go against God. That's why I give you so much information to show you that what I do is of God. Just because I say something is of God doesn't mean it's of God. That's why I couldn't deceive you if I wanted to. Why? I've already taught you the law of interpretation. Two or three witnesses. So if I ever come up with some old goofy something, guess what your first response is? Pastor, I know you always teach a word, but this right here that you didn't come up with, this is some foolishness. Can you show this to me in the scripture? And if I don't show it to you, then you know I'm deceiving you. See, that's what's so crazy about me. I've taught the congregation how not to be deceived by pastors and apostles, and I've taught them how to not even be deceived by me. If I did lose my mind, it wouldn't matter. Y'all would still keep going up. Amen. That's why the Lord trusts me, because I teach people how to focus on Jesus. The whole spiritual growth class is not about being a member of line of our church. Okay? It's about being a part of the kingdom. Amen. Okay, but anyway, I had this wonderful dream. It's a very simple dream, and it helped you understand why um, I personally, I get attacked more only because, unfortunately, I'm the face of the ministry. I am not the ministry. Jesus is the owner of the ministry. But because he's using me, they see my face more than anything. When it comes to our social media, I was just going to put up the lion's face, and they say, don't do that. The people are not trying to see a lion. They're trying to see you. And that's just, you know, people want to be able to connect to somebody because, you know, as a leader, people see you. People see you from many different areas. I allow people to see me. As they, you know, some people, they see me as an apostle. Some people, they see me as a teacher. Some people see me as a friend. Some people see me, you know, as, uh, 
whatever they want to see me. Some, a lot of people see me as a spiritual father, you know. But when I told the Holy Spirit, I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. He immediately gave me a dream. And in the dream, I had pulled up to this location. I pulled up to this location. And um, you ever seen a bad snowstorm? And, and it's all over the place. And then they have to shovel the street, shovel the walkway. And when you shovel the walkway, you throw the snow over to the side, to the side. So it creates mounds on each side. And so in the dream, my wife and I pulled up to the church. And this is no exaggeration. It had snowed so heavy that whoever shoveled the snow around the parking lot to make room for the cars, the snow was actually as high as the ceiling. And it was just snow all over the place. It was just all over the place. And I, I could not believe, look at all of this. I mean, when I tell you it was snow everywhere and, and, and whoever shoveled it, I was never shown who shoveled it. All I know is I pulled on the parking lot and Jesse was directing the cars. Y'all know who Jesse is. Jesse is one of the guys that does the parking lot, Nicole's husband. He was directing the cars on where to park. And we kind of parked a little bit in the snow and it was just snow everywhere. And wherever they had shoveled it, it was just as high as the ceiling. So when you couldn't even see the street, you could only see walkways because the snow was so high. Then I came in the church and the same thing had happened. It had snowed on the inside of the church. And I was like, this is crazy. Now what was mysterious about the dream is, is that it was all of the snow, but it wasn't cold. And I have never seen white snow like this. It was like, yeah, it was, it was beyond pure. It was snow, but it, had, it, was like, it was like it had specks of like trillions of diamonds in the snow. I mean, but it was snow. And, um, and, uh, and I remember in the building, we could have service in the sanctuary, which looked different. But then we walked in another room, and they were shoveling, just shoveling the snow. And you felt so refreshing. It was just the most unbelievable feeling, how f what you felt coming from the snow. And the dream ended. And so with that one, I said, I think I know what this means, but let me look back in the dictionary. You know, somebody's going to say, see, here you go again. All you need is the Holy Spirit. Yeah, okay. There's nothing wrong. Y'all see how I just, thank you. You see how I just took a subject on nightmares? It was one subject, and I gave you a bunch of scriptures on that one subject, right? That's what you do when you write a book. You just take a subject like dreams and you put all of the scriptures in one spot and stories to help understand dreams. That's why it's so beyond me that so many people are against books. Paul had books. He said, hey, I forgot my books. Make sure y'all bring them when you come. In the Bible, you know what I'm saying? It's just that religious spirit that doesn't want you to learn anything. They go to a back room. Hey, y'all, let's figure out what new bondage we can put people into. I know, I got a good one. Let's get on them for reading books. I'm sorry. Just get on my, y'all understand why Jesus gets so frustrated with that religious mindset. He was the definition of snow. This is what the Lord was saying. And then I read, I read what the Lord was telling me. He said, because of your obedience, snow, pure, white, robe of righteousness. Snow on the earth is like a robe of righteousness on an earth or vessel, but it represents the glory, refreshing. And look at that last one, God's word. It was the Lord giving a dream to let you know what he was getting ready to pour out very soon. That is his response to me not breaking the word. See? And so what the devil does, he tricks people. Now, we're not, now if the Lord leads you to another place, that's different versus you being tricked out of the place. See, y'all got to remember something. You know what's dangerous about the first-time visitors? Is that, is that 
for us that have been here, not first-time visitors, but new people, for us that have been here for 12 years, we've, we've been building this thing slowly but surely. Slowly but surely. We've been praying. We've been doing the right thing. We've been covering jobs we didn't think we were qualified for, sweeping, dealing with all type of stuff, building, building, building. And now we are here where God is getting ready to pour out the glory. And guess what? The new people, they ain't got to pay a price for that. They just get to participate with what we created. They get the benefit. And so Satan doesn't like that. Because in the kingdom, you have a, a man or a group that they pay the benefit. And how many know Jesus paid it all? He paid it, but you get the benefit. That's the law of the kingdom. Is that men pay. One man might pay for it and everybody else get the benefit. And it's an honor for them. Yeah, it's a kingdom principle. And it's a benefit for the man to pay the price. So we can't be talking about new people. Y'all don't know what it was like. They didn't need to know what it was like. We the one that had to pay that price. But guess what? The newer people that are joining the church, guess what they're doing? They're paying the price for the next level. Thank you. See, so, so, so that's a, that, was a, it, that was a powerful dream. I mean, it came out the dream, felt like I had been planted. That has the most beautiful all-white. You know how when it snows, certain areas, the snow might be a little bit darker because of zero. Everything that you saw around this building was snow. It was the Lord saying, the glory of God is about to descend on this place. Y'all got that? So I don't know everything. Trust me on that one. I don't know everything, but I, have an, I know enough to keep you safe. I know enough to keep you in the will of God. I know enough. And see, now, now when you have, see, what's amazing, this gets rid of confusion. Now, because of all of the stuff I showed you in the Bible, the next time you have a bad dream or a nightmare, you know to hone it in and say, Lord, what are you saying? It's obvious, Lord, that you're pointing out something that I can't see that's negative. It's obvious that you're pointing out something about some creature that's after me or some blueprint or somebody on the job is getting ready to try to create something. You know, what are you showing me? And, and, and watch this. If he wanted you to know, maybe he just wanted you to spend some time in prayer and now it's canceled. If he really wants you to know, he'll tell you. I don't, I don't even like asking Lord the question because when you're right with God, God always tells you about the ones that are not right. My wife actually did something for the first time. She took me out yesterday because I was depressed. Not about me. I was depressed about what the Lord is showing me about people. And I'm like, this is just, this is just too much. I don't like that. And I was just, I was really yesterday just kind of sulking, just sulking, just sulking. She didn't even give me a choice. She said, we're going out. <laughs> I should have said, can we go to the club? <laughs> no, fool. You remember that time I was in Bible school? I snapped. And I was in Bible school. And, and, and so when I was in the world, that's the only thing I pretty much did was just kind of hung out at the club. I just like the music, the dance, and stuff like that. And I'll never forget, I'm in Bible school doing my homework. And it got to be too much. And my wife was sitting right there, and I said, you know what? I think I need to go to the club. She said, put that homework down right now. <laughs> I just snapped. Okay. But, uh, so y'all get my point. You know, you, I'm doing my best. But she took me out yesterday because it's like I couldn't break out of it. Because, because... As all of these people are attacking me, as they're attacking me, the Lord is showing me what's going to happen to them. And, and I was just getting, like, overwhelmed, like, you know, and see, that's, that's another sign of a good leader. How many know that every time God got ready to kill his own people, Moses stepped in? Moses, a couple of times, had more compassion than God. God said, I remember one time he told Moses, listen to me, I remember one time like I was there <laughs> in the scripture. Remember what God said? His first opening statement was, Moses, I don't even want to hear it. 
I want you to think about the integrity of a man where God is getting ready to kill some folk because of their racket, raggediness and, I know that's not a word, and wretchedness. And he knows the man has such character that when he shows up to do it, he told Moses, I don't even want to hear it. He said, I'm getting ready to kill all of them and start over with you. And the Bible said, Moses looked at God and said, he said, if you do this, he said, all of the sinners are going to call you a terrible God. He said, it is wrong for you to do this. And in one of the most mysterious scriptures in the Bible, the Bible says God repented of the thing that he was going to do to his own people. See, you saw King David do that. See, these are men of an extraordinary character. You follow men because of how they preach. God follows. God gets them to use them because of their heart. You understand what I'm saying? Okay, so very important. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So just remember that. Just remember that. All right, let's go ahead and stand. Ooh, Jesus. Ooh, man, I know that was weight because what I feel right now, I know some stuff came. Yup, so I went out yesterday to Copeland's and had some Rockefeller oysters. Helped myself into oblivion. Yeah, it is good. You know, but just, but that's the, the, the heart of a good leader is that he does not even want to see the demise of the ones who attack him. And uh, that's the part of the battle that I don't like is those who are taken prisoners by the, by the devil but they swear that they have been free. There's nothing worse than thinking that you're free, but now you're a prisoner. And, and, and with that, you don't find you're a prisoner until you're locked in. Then it's too late. But, you know, I have to just keep on going and just keep on going. Let's read these three scriptures and we'll pray. Romans 3.25, it says, God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. The sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. It's the one thing about God, he always holds back. Romans 4, 7 says, Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sins are put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those who record the Lord has cleared of sin. It's amazing. If you openly, Romans 10, 9 and 10, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. Okay. So, again, as the scripture says, it says a man that's not spiritual cannot see anything, completely blind. So he's left up to his own interpretation with things. Thank you, O Father. So we're just going to lead everyone in a prayer. Maybe someone here had to start doing this this way. At the Sunday location, I just let people come to the altar many times. But here, I just do it mass because there's always someone online that is listening. The subject matter gets their attention. And so they stay locked in because they've never heard things like this. And then we have to give an opportunity for Christ. So if you're here, you're not saved, you're online, you're not saved, or you want to rededicate your life to Christ, or you want to make sure you're saved. Those three scriptures that I read are the two or three witnesses in regards to your salvation. And there are many, believe you me. Here it says that by believing in your heart, you're made right with God. And by openly declaring your faith, it says you are saved. With God, is very simple. 
So let's all bow our head and just repeat this prayer. And if you want to get on in this, God will change you where you sit, where you stand, where you drive. Say, Father, I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord, Savior, Master, and King. Forgive me of all my sins, all of my mistakes. Cleanse me with the blood that was shared. I thank you that I am forgiven. I am cleansed. You have thrown my sins as far as the east is from the west. And you said you will remember them no more. So I thank you that because of my acceptance and this prayer, I'm forgiven, saved, born, born again, and a member of heaven. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Let's give a thanksgiving to the Lord. Give him praise. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I'm going to label that teaching and put it up on YouTube. And I know that's going to get a lot of attention because I really that teaching goes in the face of um, I've never heard anybody that came remotely close to teaching that. I'm quite sure that many people are going to be against me. The masses will all of a sudden for the first. It's real hard for you to come against all of that word that I gave you about God terrifying people. But guess what some of the prophets are going to do? What the Lord told me, he didn't tell you nothing. You heard the bubblegum rapper as you were opening it up. That's all you heard. Lord ain't told you nothing different than in that book. See, there are some people, the reason they don't like me is because I remove their control over people. Yep. And so, and so in order to maintain their control and what you call charismatic witchcraft over people, they have to label me as some type of idiot, some type of ignorant man. And yeah, and all I do is say, I'll be waiting. Call me when you got one scripture, let alone five. Call me when you get one, just one. I'll reverse it if you show me one. Bible says you got to have two or three. I'll reverse my teaching if you show me one. And they're going to bring something that's way out of context. While men slept, the enemy sold, I'll show you that one. But either way, it is what it is. A couple of announcements. If you're a first-time visitor, actually, do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Yeah, if you're a first-time visitor or you've never met my wife and you want to just formally meet her, go ahead and step out in the aisles. Just walk to the back. They'll take you to a conference area right outside the doors so that we can uh, properly greet you and uh, make sure that we uh, have not burned your forehead. Hallelujah. Just go ahead and step out in the aisle, walk back to the conference room. What do you say? You don't have to. We already met my wife. It's up to you. Yeah, you don't have to, but I mean, yeah. So, no, it's because there's some people that haven't been here and they haven't met. This brother, how long for you? You drive what, hour and a half to get here? I don't know why he laughing. If you drove an hour and a half, jumping out there. He first, but at first he said, yeah, man, this is far. Yeah, but he keep on driving. You know, the food was this good. We always got people just... It's crazy how many people drive from afar and come in from other states and not other countries. He said, well, he said he'd been here since 730 this morning, part of the prayer and everything. Hey, that's what, see, but the enemy hates that. See, he's watching people commit. You're going to get on a plane. The couple that flew in from Texas last month, they flew in again from Texas last week just to have church. They were sitting right over there. See, they say nothing like that because, you know, see, this is some different stuff that's pulling people. But we'll keep on doing the right thing. A couple of announcements. You know, if you are interested in me, we're kind of redoing this. With the switchover, we kind of dropped the ball on a few things. 
But, you know, so we're kind of redoing this. If you're interested in being an inner healing and deliverance minister and what that entails, if you want questions and training on those things, inner healing has to do with uh, ministering to people based on trauma. It's seven different things with inner healing. Give you an example. Well, one of the things that we'll do is we'll ask the per- we'll tell the person this is the definition of a word curse. Then we'll tell them we'll lead them in a prayer where they ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, can you show me if there are any word curses I said over myself or have been said over me that have produced trauma or preventing me from moving forward? Okay, and then we wait to see if the Holy Spirit brings something up to them. Okay, one of the ones that I did here recently, the lady said, "This is what she did." She said, "Oh man, you mean I'm still holding something against that girl in kindergarten?" So it's amazing, amazing. So we do seven pillars of inner healing. Then at the end, we do a deliverance prayer. And if there's an entity there, then we just cast them out very easily. So if you're interested in being a minister in that category, it does not require you to have a degree. It doesn't require you. You just have to be born again and filled with the Spirit, and then we'll show you. We actually a systematic program that we use. You just follow the steps, and then you allow the Holy Spirit to take you away from it based on what the person needs. It's a powerful ministry, one of the most demanding when I checked, we had 50 people in the queue that want that ministry. I mean, it just keeps going. People are flying here just for that. So if you want to be trained in that area, you want to become a part of that team, and we do it locally here, and we do it online. Send an email to innerhealing at lionheartchurch.org. If you're new and you haven't taken the spiritual growth, you can send an email to spiritualgrowth at lionheartchurch.org. And if you want to receive the gift of tongues, that has been phenomenal every weekend. we got other pastors from around the, the, the state training on that now. If you would like to receive the gift of tongues, more information on that, send an email to Holy Spirit at lionheartchurch.org. And then lastly, just these couple of announcements. These are areas where we were, we're just trying to build up the, the, the volunteers in this area, admin, IT, social media, video editing, media, all of those things. And then the next video, I'm sorry, the next slide says that um, ushers, parking lot, hostess, hospitality, children's church, um, inner healing, deliverance, music team, worship team, if you play instruments, all of those things, sound engineering, please let us know. We want everybody to, we want to have a church where everyone gives and everyone serves and everyone commits. And so um, um, just send an email to serve at lionheartchurch.org. And, and don't send us an email and say serve. Put your name, <laughs> your phone number, and what areas you are interested in, and then we'll direct you to that right spot. So. All right, let's lift our hands one more time. We'll dismiss, and then I'll go talk to the first-time visitors. I hope you all are excited about what we are getting ready to do. But again, remember, you are not allowed to be working at a, I, About a week ago, I felt it. I don't like that feeling. It's that feeling of everything is working. Everything is working flawlessly. And just wait for it. Here he comes. He has created something else again. And sometimes, sometimes they create big blueprints for you. When the big ones don't work, They'll create something really small. If you won't eat the Thanksgiving dinner, they'll check and see if you'll eat the cookie instead. They're always working. And when I get that feeling of peace, like, man, everything is flawless. Yeah, okay, let me just wait for it. Something crazy about to happen. Because they, 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 it's a machine against this place. It's a machine, okay? But how many of you know that no weapon formed against us will ever prosper?